0: Welcome to Day Zero Update for December 18th, 2022. I'm your host Chris Logie. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Red victorio And yeah, we've got a big week this week. Yeah. As uh, we missed last week, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon had COVID and was dealing yeah. with the after effects of that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we decided to let him rest another week so we could have him at mostly 100%. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: but... You know with that, uh, we ended up missing talking about the game awards, mm. uh but I got a truncated version with the most interesting stuff that got shown, yeah, uh but we also brought a few other stories from last week into this week, but this week is still full of things to talk about uh mm-hmm. we got dates for a number of things here we got some uh playstation v r two news we got your subscription news stuff, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of games getting announced uh dates and all that kind of stuff so yeah we'll get to all that stuff here later on but before we talk about that we'll talk about what we've been playing and I will kick it off here uh, with things I've been playing here for the past two weeks Uh, Mm -hmm. first up there's Little Gator Game Uh, this Mm -hmm. came out the other day Um, I think it's PC and Switch right now I got the PC version uh, for just under 12 bucks and that game is it's just a a joyous game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, basically, uh, you are playing as a, a little gator dude who at the beginning is sort of uh, playing in the playground with his older sister, uh, who at the, the start of the actual game, uh, it's a few years later, she has gone off to college, mm-hmm. uh, is back for fall break, and you're... Uh, little gator dude wants to hang out with her and have fun times like they used to. Uh, Unfortunately, she is very busy with like a school project, just constantly on her laptop. uh, Despite being out at the, uh, these islands that they are having their adventures at. And with that, the uh, he enlists his friends to set up this kind of uh, Zelda style, like role-playing adventure. Uh, to try to entice her to join them. Mm. Uh you sort of start on this smaller island uh to do all this stuff and uh it's a lot of basic stuff. Uh the enemies are all cardboard, uh sort of drawn on designs for like slimes and these other kind of enemy types that you see in Zelda games and other RPGs. Uh so no real combat in that way. Mm. Uh but you're kind of going around uh, and that initial one's like, oh I need a hat, I need a sword, and I need a shield for this. And the uh and your everybody's split up to you know design a little quest for you, mm. uh each one. And I ended up going and getting the shield first, uh, which then I found out you can uh sled on that. Uh go down hills and such, uh get around pretty fast, you know, skip on the water kind of stuff. Uh and that's a fun way to get around. The sword, you know, you're fighting dudes and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, But the shield can also break enemies. So I kind of had a fun little moment where I was uh, uh, riding around with that, hit all the enemies near where, you know, my buddy was acting like they were being surrounded by enemies. Mm -hmm. And he's like, wait, how'd you beat the, how'd you break all those enemies without the sword? Oh no, you're breaking sequence. Uh, Kind of playing around with that and. Uh, And then you get the hat, which it's just a cosmetic thing. Uh, And as you kind of finish this little mini set of quests, uh, sister still isn't uh, able to join you. So you decide, like, oh, we're gonna go over to the Big Island. And your friend's like, "Ah, I got a thing to do with some other friends. You know, I got a one who has a a study group that they want to go deal with, and you know, they have other plans still on the big island but then you call your other friend that was supposed to show up and he's like I've been here What are where are you guys at and he's like we're here we're on he's like are you on the big island he's like yeah I was like I told you the small island he's like oh that's why nobody's here
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: but he basically says that he invited a bunch of uh, his other friends like other kids uh, around to hang out and do this since they were waiting for so long they all just kind of ran around and Found their own things to do. Uh, so you're kind of going back to the big island. And basically uh, trying to set up this big elaborate uh you know role-playing town at the, the big playground that you know involves like a castle, a marketplace, all this kind of stuff uh that you're trying to set up, but you're trying to go around and like find all the kids and uh get them to join your town, uh that kind of stuff, and it's a It's a fun like, uh, exploration adventure kind of thing. Uh, Along the way, you're kind of getting some additional items that are sort of special items that give you special uh, abilities, I guess. Uh, Initially, you get like a rock that you can... uh, They have you throw it on the the waters, like skipping rocks kind of thing, but you can use it to uh, take out enemies from a distance, enemies in the air, that kind of stuff uh, that are around. uh, And you can also just use it to... I'll uh, break that stuff because all those enemies you beat and uh, break up are uh part of the currency of like paper shredding shreds that you get and that you can use to uh make new uh shields, swords, and hats for your character as you do things, you'll get you know like a pattern from them that you can make. Uh, and so I have like a bunch of different hats I can put on. I think the current one I have is like a uh it's an upside-down fishbowl. That's a space helmet, mm-hmm. uh, though it doesn't fit around his mouth, so it just goes around his head. Uh, for that, and uh, the shield, I have essentially right now. I have a uh, like trampoline, like mini trampoline uh, that gives you like extra bounce as you're going around. Uh, so that's like a, a nice little bonus gameplay thing. And the the sword, I have essentially a Star Wars style lightsaber. Uh, for that, so it's it's a lot of fun just going around talking to people uh some of them have you know things they need you to do before they join the town, and there's sort of bigger quests going around with the uh the three friends that were you were talking with earlier who uh have bigger things for you to do that kind of stuff uh so it's a lot of fun stuff and it's a lot of interesting you know stuff that it, uh characters that are written pretty well for kids where a lot are just around having fun. So others are having, you know, anxiety about, you know, Oh, I might, I don't want to say things around, uh, the cool kids. Cause you might not think I'm cool anymore. All that kind of stuff, uh, which takes place in like a weird Phoenix Wright style, uh, courtroom battle set up. Oh, uh, there's no judge. So your character is just like, Oh, I'm the judge and the prosecutor. So just deal with it, that kind of stuff. And, uh, it's a really fun, charming game. So it's a been a real joy game to jump into here for the past few days. Looking forward to put some more time into that. Uh, the other game I'm playing Shinchan, me and the professor on summer vacation. Uh, that is a Boku no Natsuyasumi game, uh, a spiritual spiritual successor, but featuring you know the the main family of Shinchan. Uh, I have continued on in this, and uh, whereas initially I was leaving off the point where the weird professor sort of brought in uh, a dinosaur because he created a time machine that somehow let to bring dinosaurs to the uh, to this small town, and he brought in a brachiosaur that just initially he's trying to scare people and realize this is a you know dinosaur It's not really into scaring people. You know, it's a herbivore dinosaur, so it's not really doing anything. Uh, And so after that, you're kind of exploring around the town and you'll see it walking down streets. Uh, And I guess that's the the part where you see some streets that have been cordoned off uh, with signs have been broken down. So you can get into areas you couldn't before. Then he brings in another dinosaur, a pterosaur, uh, which technically would be something to be afraid of because those are carnivorous Dinosaurs, but this one's pretty tame.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, and I gave it the, the nickname of P. Terry. Because mm. uh, that's what Shin-Chan finds funny for that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that, and then and you're just kind of doing more stuff. And then, because you kind of see him in the process of some of these dinosaurs, which involves him doing a very dumb dance uh, that he's embarrassed by. And because Shin-Chan sees him do it. He's like, I'm going to trap you here. Uh, to an endless summer vacation. And he's like, okay. It's not like that's a bad thing for a kid. Um, and it's like the rest of the, the title of the game, uh, the endless seven day, vacation or journey. I think. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of continuing along, doing little story moments, uh, all this kind of stuff. I'm on the Saturday, so the dad no longer has to do business travel for that, so he's hanging around. And Shinjian basically, uh, you know, uh, brings him to the girl that he has hot on uh, this college girl that works at the the newspaper office. Uh, and he's like, "Why did I do that?" Uh, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of little fun bits. It's just a nice chill game, so I'm still enjoying that a lot. Uh, but let's see. Played High on Life. I streamed that. Uh, that is the the newest Game Pass game from, uh, squanch games, mm. uh, makers of Trover saves the universe. And mm. i forget they made another VR game. Uh, yeah. I think it was maybe Counting plus I forget, uh, specifically, but, uh, this is more of a, a big first person shooter, mm. uh, where the initial start of it is very much a doom style, sh- you know, first person shooter, mm. uh, that your character is playing, uh, And it's full of, you know, Rick and Morty style, uh, comedy where, you know, that rambling style of comedy, uh, where rather than just making jokes and moving on, the characters just keep going on and on and on, uh, which works well for a show when it's 23 minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, but this is a, a big first person shooter. Yeah. Lots of exploration to it. Uh, I had to look at the price and I was like, all right, that's too much. It's $60 cool. in case you're wondering sort of how much value they think that this game is going to offer. Uh, and it seems yeah. like it's going to be a pretty meaty game because mm-hmm. uh, I, in about two hours, I got nearly to the point I could fight the second of the bosses. Uh, and all the bosses are bounties. You basically get your uh, bounty suit from a guy who used to be a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. but has since like lost his legs uh, and had other health issues going on, uh, who you, uh, take a deal from him to get the suit and all that. And he, uh, moves into your house, uh, cause you're essentially on earth. Aliens invade, mm-hmm. uh, and they're planning to sell the humans off for drugs because yeah. humans are drugs. It's a, yeah. it's like that bit from Futurama, mm-hmm. uh, and so you manage to, like, teleport your house to, like, Blim City in uh, some distant planet uh, where you can go around, uh, take on these different bounties, go to different parts of the world, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, to take them out. And along the way, you kind of have these this gun that talks, the Gatlians, yeah. they call them. The first one is voiced by Justin Moreland. So it's very much doing the, the Morty voice. Uh, you know, they get some good jokes in there, and then there's just a lot of rambling on and on. And especially they somehow have decided to make a lot of the humor about how shitty games can be. And then they do the things that they're criticizing other games for doing. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, well, what's how can you criticize other games when you do the same thing mm-hmm. that is kind of shitty? Uh you know that kind of stuff, and you do get some, like, uh, like dialogue choices. I don't know about anything permanent, but mm. you do go to up to some characters, and it'll show like four different things you can talk about, uh, kind of stuff. And they have like the first one, one of the first ones you get to is uh, uh, this fisherman that's down in the slums who is like, oh, it'd be nice if I had somebody. You know, share all my information with that kind of thing as you approach him. You talk to him and he has no information for you really. Uh, So you kind of spend all this time listening to him talk and he's like, I can just tell you one way to get, you know, potentially over to where this boss is kind of thing. But, you know, it's a lot of specific kind of humor that is either going to hit or miss with people. Uh, And they seem to have recognized this because I think one of the first updates they put out this game around launches the ability to uh make all the weapons and enemies talk less or n- not talk at all uh, which then if you're doing that you're left with a game that is like a mediocre first person shooter uh when i was playing that, you know the you to the slums and a lot of your enemies are these uh ants like two different sizes of ants big ones or small ones and you sort of get some abilities as you go through to potentially make uh that stuff a little bit easier uh but then there's a lot of like collecting uh stuff to refill those uh special abilities with that just kind of makes it more of a chore versus just continually shooting cuz uh, you you never run out of ammo for your gun, your basic ammo. Uh so it's not too big of a deal there. Uh but yeah, the you start with like a basic pistol uh, then you get a a knife that immediately just talks about wanting to gut people, all that kind of stuff, which is uh funny at first, and then it just constantly keeps doing that. Uh though in the second area you hear less of the sort uh, the, of the knife kind of thing. But kind of the the one nice thing it does is there's a lot of contextual stuff. Uh I beat the first boss, it's called Torg9, uh, this big evil ants warlord or whatever drug lord Uh, then they show like apparently their torque nine is because there are eight other versions of this torque character so like torque five comes down uh, suspended from a rope and I just shot her and killed her and it's like oh I guess that was like a secret boss character you can shoot I don't know if there's any repercussions for that or anything it's just another place for them to make more jokes uh, off of that stuff about games and secret bosses and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's it's kind of that It just keeps going more and more um and yeah you're kind of going through these stages and seeing like all these signs of like oh like in this second stage i'm like i'm gonna get a some sort of ability lets me climb onto walls or at least specific uh parts of walls that are colored differently from the rest and so like okay i'll get that and there are some collectibles. It's like these chests that ha- that are kind of living, and you need the the knife to get to those. And that just gives you more money that you can use for buying upgrades and whatnot for yourself. So, yeah, it's kind of that. It's just kind of a boilerplate kind of first person shooter, mm-hmm. kind of open world ish. It's not really, it's not really open world because you just kind of warp to the next area that you need to go to, and I assume you can go back to. Uh, find all the collectibles if you miss them that kind of stuff which you probably are Uh, so yeah it's it's one of those it's pretty decent for a game pass game but I think a lot of people are just going to burn out Mm -hmm. pretty quickly Uh, at least one of the neat things is they have some some movies you can watch in your house Mm. Uh, there's one like Tammy and the T-Rex that was starting up pretty quickly and I I was like alright this is neat for some shitty ass movies (laughs) <laughs> they can get on the cheap uh, Though that one has like Denise Richards and Paul Walker In it Yeah, uh, Somehow I was like how the hell are these two In this kind of shitty movie and This is like a movie that's got to be at least 20 some years old mm-hmm. uh, Probably after Denise Richards Got big and but before Paul Walker Got big with uh, Fast and the Furious uh, Somewhere around there Those uh, That but I watched a few minutes like Okay, yeah, I guess. I've heard there's like a theater you can get to later on where you can sort of properly sit and watch it versus, you know, crouching down in front of a TV in the house. Uh, I feel like there there are definitely parts of this game that are bad. Like the audio stuff is bad because uh, it tries to do stereo audio uh, as far as having stuff come out of your right or left ear. I had points where I was in the house and the only... Door was on the left side, but I was getting audio out of the right side from somebody who was talking outside of the house, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of like little elements that are just not great to it. So, yeah, that's a game that you can play if you have Game Pass, so you don't have to spend 60 bucks on it. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine it'll come to PlayStation and Switch at some point. Uh, still won't be worth it at that point to buy out, right? Unless it's like maybe 10 bucks. Mm-hmm and you've exhausted any other interesting first-person shooter. Like, let's say Borderlands 3 hits the humor much better than this game does. And that's uh, that's a fairly low bar for humorous first-person shooters. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Also played some Chain Echoes. We'll talk about that a little bit later here. Uh, let's see. Played some more Vampire Survivors. Uh, that is still a fun time, but it's kind of oh, yeah. one of those it's one of those games that does a very poor job of telling you like how to actually progress Mm
2: -hmm.
0: in things. Um, It just kind of shows you a list of characters and then you see a little checklist for uh, supposedly beating each of these stages, but how you unlock the stages and all that uh, isn't so easy to uh, figure out. You know, uh, you have to go to the specific unlock section and like look up, for things you want to try to achieve in your know, your next run or two, kind of stuff, and oftentimes you want to go through stages. And in early access, it was even harder because they didn't even have like the map to show you like where the uh, in each of the stages you kind of want to find a coffin, and they do the the Mario thing of like, oh, the Dracula you're looking for is in another coffin mm-hmm. thing, but what you do find is another character to unlock. Yep, that you can then spend some gold on that. Uh, So yeah, that's a lot of what you're doing and you're looking at the maps seeing like, okay, what's here? And then uh, you're like, all right, I haven't. You can look at a grimoire, which shows all your combos that you use to get evolved weapons. And you're looking like, what haven't I done yet? And then on Steam, you can pull up the, the guides that have like, here's all the weapon evolutions, what you need for that. I look at that and I'm like, all right. I don't have these things unlocked, so yeah. can't do that. Uh, but you know, I have like the guy that has guns, which is a weird one because it's two guns and then uh, a specific support item. And then that all combines into one thing. And so there's some items that combine into one to free up space, and other ones to just take the exact same amount of space because uh, it's like one thing to do. Where one of the achievements is for getting six evolved items at once, which is a tough thing to do because you're at the whim of the randomization of drops. Uh, though you do get means for like skipping and banning stuff yeah. so that you hopefully don't get it on the next roll kind of thing. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a very fun game. And then they put out a new DLC that includes a map that seems absurdly huge mm-hmm. uh, for as big as the, the base game maps are. Uh, this one seems like... If they somehow decided to make a Metroidvania map in Vampire yeah. Survivors, it's that kind of huge-ness to it. So, uh, but it's two bucks, pretty reasonable price for a game that was three bucks when I got it, five bucks now after 1.0 launch, and they're still just adding content to that game. Uh, so yeah, been enjoying that a lot. Uh, let's see the other one: Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Mm-hmm. I got this in from GameFly. Played about two hours of it, uh, and this definitely is a PSP game in mm. every way. Uh, they did not really do a ton to this to make it look like it did not come from a PSP. Mm-hmm. Uh, visually, it looks like you know upgraded PSP visuals. Uh, character models look you know a good bit better, but not that much. And it's uh, a lot of the the world design and the mission design that tells you like, oh, this was a handheld game because it's smaller areas to explore. Uh, you're doing mm-hmm. a lot of moving around to uh from smaller area beat the enemies there move to the next area kind of thing uh the first big mission you have you're going through this like castle area so you're just running through essentially a maze and you're fighting enemies that pop up uh and it has like a limited amount in this one mission so mm-hmm. you're just trying to find all the areas you haven't been to where they're where they would pop up and they're they're not randomized, so they might be randomized in other parts of the game. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the combat is very much uh, you know like modern Final Fantasy, which this might have been one of the games that sort of set that standard. Because uh, you're doing a lot of just uh, action RPG stuff. Mm. Uh, you hold L1 to pull up a list of you know spells you can do. Four spells tied to the face buttons, that kind of thing. As well as you have like another mini map. Or mm-hmm. many uh, menu that has like things you can uh, use, you know, potions, mana, spe- mana potions, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a little bit of Monster Hunter in there in the way they design the stuff. Um, the story seems fine. It's very much, you know, how do we lead into Final Fantasy 7 mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we got this guy's deck who mm-hmm. is somebody that Cloud looks up to. So you're like, well, what's his story? And he's a part of Soldier, uh, but some some of the the biggest uh, members of Soldier have disappeared. So it's like, did they go rogue? Did they, you know, get kidnapped? What are we doing here? And so it's like you, your buddy, and Sephiroth are sort of the big wigs now at Soldier. And Sephiroth mm-hmm. is very much has a huge huge ego from what I've seen so far, because uh, he knows he's better than everybody else. Uh, so you get to kind of do whatever he wants, but uh you got a lot of stuff here. Uh the and like the most uh noteworthy thing about the combat system is that it just has a big slot machine going at all times uh that can set you up for doing uh big special moves, as well as just randomly upgrade, you know, spells or weapons or whatever your character you can get leveled up through that. Cause I guess you don't necessarily get XP from the enemies or not much. Mm -hmm. Uh, So depending on how the, the numbers fall, you can get that kind of stuff as well as just, uh, there are character portraits that are also part of that slot machine. Mm -hmm. That can also get upgraded and that. I think that ties to like ultimate moves that you can pull off every once in a while. So yeah, it's, and they have, you know, at any save point, you can go into missions, which are sort of little quick, uh, uh, you know, combat scenarios you can go through uh, that have different kinds of unlocks, like maybe adding more summons to your you know arsenal for the slot machine and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's this is a game that has a lot of little content because you might need to stop at any time. Uh, but the weirdest thing I had with this game is I was letting it run at the main screen before I started the game before I actually started to save. And it counted the time it was sitting idle as part of the play time, so I was already like thirty minutes in, you know,
2: plus whatever I played when I got to my first save. I, was like, I think that's a problem with um remake also. So that's something Square needs to figure out. What is that? Um, I think that even if you left your uh your game idle, that was a problem that uh, Final Fantasy VII and a remake also. Okay. So it might be something the score needs to figure out because it's just pretty stupid. Yeah, like I didn't have
0: a save. So that's like the weird thing is like why would it count that as part of the playtime for a save? Oh you yeah,
2: had a save. Okay, I, that, that's different. But... This is
0: sitting at the start of this the main
2: menu or the the intro screen. Okay. Because I know that when I stop playing a game, I generally like like leave it there and put the put it on sleep. And um yeah, and then sometimes like I'll stop to play a game and like look at my phone. I didn't put it on the home screen, but even though the games in the, or the system's on the home screen, it still counts as playtime. So I'm like, what the hell is this?
0: Yeah, no, this was me letting the game run so I could get the stream set up and then being like, why is there like a 30 extra minutes from how long I've been running the stream? And I was like, oh, it must have counted that time. And that's an incredibly stupid thing. That should not work. I can understand... JRPGs is counting people sitting at menu time. That's dumb, but that's also a thing JRPGs have been doing for 30, 40 years at this point. Uh, so I can understand that. But yeah, this was just 30 extra minutes. It was just me setting up for the stream because I was having some issues. That kind of thing. So yeah, there's that. Uh that's a $50 game, so a little bit cheaper. I would say maybe wait till it gets uh to $30 bucks or less if you're unless you're super into playing you know, another final fantasy seven game right now. Uh, cause it's not like they're getting to the next game, uh, rebirth until the end of next year at the earliest. So yeah, there's that. And the last game, sky children of the lights, the, the newest, that game company game has been bouncing around. It's been on mobile for a few years. They got to switch. I think last year, I never got around to starting it. So or know that might've been earlier this year. Um, we're gonna run starting it, but I got to uh play it here. I think it was the day after the game awards, and that was uh, uh, it's a really cool game. It's very much like what if they made a live service game that was in the vein of you know, a journey, uh, maybe a little flower in there, but journey is kind of the main gameplay elements, though a lot of it uh, is you being on uh kind of servers essentially because you have other people running around doing things and you can team up with them uh, befriend them that kind of stuff in the game to do uh, special parts of the world they'll have some things for that Uh, uh, but the the coolest thing is uh, what they talk about the game awards is that they had some special events with an artist named Aurora who I never heard of but I think she's from Norway I think uh, she was at the Game Awards, sort of was they were announcing this like special musical event, and so that was like the the last like forty five minutes or so of the stream mm. that I did uh, was just watching this, and it was really well done. It's basically had everybody go to a physical arena to go find seats in. Uh, the people you know they hang out down on the uh, the floor area around the stage as they were doing stuff, or you could find a seat uh, around the arena that kind of thing. Uh, then the performer, her avatar would come onto mm. the stage and talk a little bit and then go into a song, which would then take you into like a whole visual sequence where you, everybody took in some sort of animal form to go fly around and they could do emotes and all that kind of stuff while they're doing things. Uh, so you could have, uh, some really cool, fun ways to interact with the music as, uh, You know, her avatar kind of goes around and does stuff. And they went through, I think, like four or five songs for this. Uh, And as they uh, came back to the arena, you know, everyone was back where they were. She talked a bit more, asked people to, you know, throw out emotes and that kind of stuff for a bit as like a little cool down before they got into the next thing. Uh, And then the like final song took place in the arena as everybody was essentially able to have kind of like infinite flying ability to fly around her giant avatar that was going around as she was singing one of her songs. And it was a really cool time. Uh, I never heard of her before. So it's my sort of introduction to her music, that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, she uh, did a really good job. The the team at that game uh, company did a really good job with this. I would put it on par with a lot of the, the Fortnite musical and event stuff that they've done live event stuff. And that's, uh, a really big compliment because they're obviously not working with the, the scale of people and money that Fortnite does. Uh, so that's something I definitely recommend. I think they're still doing them. This event's like every two hours up until I think January 2nd. So you still got a couple more weeks here to check it out. Uh, but even if you're not into her music, her music is very much like a uh, Euro. I don't know. Uh, what kind of pop, uh, It's very kind of like emo pop kind of stuff. Maybe like what a Bjork would do. That kind of music. So it's a little weird, but nice music. And the the gameplay stuff they did around it was really well done. So yeah, definitely recommend people checking out. Sky's a free-to-play game, so you can jump into there. Uh, The only problem is they don't really make it easy to find out when that stuff is going to happen. You can look up, I think, on their Twitter. Uh, They have a schedule on there. But if you're in the game, you kind of go into the arena. Uh, and it'll just give you a countdown. It could be like two hours away. If you're first starting the game, it can be real hard to figure out like, wait, how do I get out of here? Back to the game. So like my start of my video, my stream was like, I don't know how to get out of here. I had to just quit out of the game and start it back up. I mm. just not go into it. Cause like when it started up the game, it's like, Oh, you want to do this Aurora thing? And I was like, okay. I didn't realize I had zero idea how to play and i would be stuck. Uh, It makes sense now after I've played a bit. Uh, But yeah, the rest of the game is very cool stuff. It's a lot of just exploring, finding uh, little things here. Uh, You know, a lot of just completing a lot of things, and you're just finding uh, like remnants of people who used to live in there and sort of realizing what sort of things they did, their memories, that kind of stuff, and that lets you unlock other things to do, so...
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Nothing really too complicated, but it's very much in the vein of what you know, Journey and some of their other stuff has been like. So,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: that's been pretty much it for
2: me. Like you know, Journey and all that stuff. Is is there like any real form of progression, given the fact that it's a live service? Uh yeah,
0: there are. It's a lot of cosmetic stuff you can get to customize your character, uh, but there's also areas that you can't get to until you have done enough of certain things. You're sort of collecting these. Maybe they categorize it by like constellation looking icons. Uh, and so some of them have bigger numbers that you have to go do more things with. And so that might be stuff. I don't know what areas that stuff I was still a little fuzzy on. I was just kind of trying to find most of the stuff I could do. They're definitely like side places I could go to. If I uh, went back and sort of did more things and, Maybe grind it out some stuff, mm. but yeah, it's a little it's a little weird how they have this stuff because it's like it's definitely not the grinding outs. Like one of the currencies is called candles. That's like where you're running around and you find like lit candles around. That gives you like XP for that. And then when you fill it up once, you can hit like the L1 button and a candle just floats down from the sky to you. Mm. That fills up a counter kind of thing. I forgot the other counter, what the other currency is. You can pay for them if you don't want to grind. I don't really recommend yeah. it. So can, if you're there for the game, just play the game
1: mm-hmm.
0: kind of thing versus just paying for shortcuts. And, and yeah, they, they got some seasonal stuff. I don't really know too much about that. But yeah, it's a cool game. I mm. recommend people that want kind of a, a chill experience. Uh, it's another one of those kind of thing as you kind of learn a little bit more about the lore of the world stuff that's going on so yeah uh there you go that's uh pretty much what i've been playing so how about you Brandon
1: well uh i've also been and actually i beat it last night Chained echoes but um we'll uh get to talking about that a little bit but uh other than that i've also been playing a uh, soccer story which was recently put out on game pass and uh, it's by the uh the makers of golf story and Much like uh, was the case with Golf Story, it's essentially a kind of silly pseudo-RPG sports game uh, that takes place in a world where everything basically revolves around this single sport. In Golf Story, it was golf. In Soccer Story, it's soccer or football, depending on which side of the pond you're on. Um, And more or less, the story is that about a year before the game started... Uh, during what's called the Apple Cup, which is like the big sort of soccer tournament that takes place in this part of the world, Uh, they don't really go into any detail about what it is, at least not from where I am, but they uh, have something that happens called the Calamity that basically ends up with uh, the stadium burning to the ground and raising about half of the About a good chunk of the neighborhood. So basically all soccer is now banned except any soccer that happens under the control of Soccer Inc. Um, And basically you are playing one of a duo of twins, a boy and a girl. And you end up discovering a magic soccer ball that much like with Golf Story where you could sort of produce the golf ball anywhere you wanted and then hit it. You can basically do the same here with the soccer ball uh, and do it to, like, things like hit targets or switches or stuff like that. And uh, you um, essentially are trying to put a team together in order to get regular soccer started up again, although they don't call it soccer at first. They call it goal ball because, I guess, soccer is under copyright from Soccer Inc. or whatever. Um, As far as, like, the actual soccer portion of the game goes, it's actually pretty basic. Um, you're just, you know, passing and shooting, trying to get to the other goal. Um, and uh, that's more or less it. Um, at least as far as I've gotten so far, but the the uh, game is, is a lot of fun, but I will admit that it can be a little esoteric starting out, because like I said, you're trying to form a team, but the no problem is that the three people that you're trying to get to join your team, they've all got, like, different things they need you to do first before they'll go and join you. So you have to do things like uh, track down some trash cans that you need to turn back up because they've been turned over. Uh, there's this one thing where you have to find these hidden goals to shoot into, Um other than that, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, that's what I've been playing. So, uh, Dan, what about you?
2: Yeah. um, So, obviously, we haven't uh, podcasted in two weeks. So, last week, I uh, finally beat God of War. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely a wonderful experience. Um, As I've stated in previous um, episodes, like, they really put you um, in the action, like, immediately. Um, The game in 2018, like, you had to reach a certain point uh, for the... uh, action to really open up and here they do it like you know seemingly right away and uh if you finished um 2018 and like went back home like you'd see like a a bit of a glimpse of what to expect here and like yeah um and then seeing how they went ahead and addressed um you know the the Ragnarok story as far as its mythology it's it, it's really interesting watching it um especially or watching it unfold especially if uh you know you're into mythology or you're even um into you know Thor from the MCU like seeing um cinematic studios portrayal of all the things that happened um are are really interesting and it's great seeing these performances for um characters like Odin uh Thor um uh Freya, and, uh, you know, whoever is all there. Like, I have uh, no complaints about any of the acting done. And, you know, after watching the Game Awards, like, you know, Christopher Judge did a hell of a job as Kratos. Um, And it just makes you really think about where Kratos came from, uh, going back to all the classic God of War games where, you know, he was just like this lifeless guy that just destroys everything in his path, and now all of a sudden he's learning ability, he's learning about empathy he's learning to be a better dad and stuff like that and like you know kratos just might be one of the best characters in all of gaming history and if you were to tell me that like five years ago i would call you called you crazy Mm -hmm. but um it's it's amazing um after finishing it 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 did the same thing it did last time where as you're walking the credits roll so you know it, it doesn't become boring to that extent but there is like a real ending that you can do by doing a certain side quest that you hear about um, as the game ends, and that's where, you know, you see the more credit, the credits where they just roll and you don't do anything and uh, stuff like that. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go for the Platinum yet. Um, I will say, though, that um, the part of what uh, turned me off from the other God of War is that you had to beat all the Valkyries, and mm-hmm. it was just difficult for me. Um, now, I think um, everything just seems more... Um, seems more streamlined, and I'm having an easier time with the enemies, although they are, they are, they're definitely still difficult, don't get me wrong. Um, and, yeah, because they're not as difficult, uh, I actually do want to seek them all out and, you know, uh, just play through it that way and perhaps get the Platinum. But, you know, um, we're still getting towards the end of the year here, and uh, we'll, see how, we'll see how we get with that. So I probably won't, but I do want to, so I'll just say that much. Um, I also uh, rolled credits on Pokémon Scarlet. Uh, earlier this week. And, yeah, this game has totally impressed me, too. Um, there's been a whole lot of complaints about, you know, the game's performance, especially being on the underpowered Switch, no matter which one you use. And, yeah, they're all right. Um, but at the end of the day, you know what a Pokémon game is, um, especially if you've been a fan. And, you know, if you if you know how a Pokémon game plays, this stuff really shouldn't bother you, especially considering the fact that... Um, you know, they, they've they all been eight, sixteen, thirty-two 16, 32-bit games. Whereas, finally, like, you have a Pokemon game in full 3D. And it's really amazing seeing what Game Freak has done, going back to the beginning of the year with Pokemon Legends Arceus, and, you know, moving forward with Pokemon Scarlet. Like, all of the problems I had with Pokemon Legends Arceus, except mm-hmm. for the biggest performance issues, were addressed in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So... Yeah, it, like it is unfortunate that like you know Nintendo released a quote unquote unpolished product, but throughout mm-hmm. my playthrough, I have never noticed anything game breaking. Yes, I've seen some weird stuff. Like I've 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 been in this town where windmills move like their clock hands, and mm-hmm. I've seen some uh, people running in the distance, and they look like it's a, it's a you know that uh, that holiday classic um. Santa Claus is coming to town. I forgot what it's called, like stop motion animation or whatever. Um, it looks like that, but it doesn't really bother me. What bothers me is like sometimes you'll see some slowdown, um, very similar to like you know playing a game online with a lot of lag. And obviously, like for the most for the most part, you aren't playing this game online. Um, although you know that is an option, um, especially if you want to do the uh, the joint adventure uh, stuff with, with with all the raids, which I haven't honestly put too much um, effort in. But, you know, the ability to um, play this game in a true open world uh, is really awesome. Because as soon as uh, they they, they take off the kid gloves with the tutorials, which is maybe about an hour, like, you're pretty much um, untethered. You can go to any town you want um, as long as nothing is really blocked. at the end of the day, like you you will come across Pokemon that are like way more powerful than you, but you can also avoid them. And then that's the beauty of like, um, having, um, no random battles. Like you can see and battle any Pokemon you want. When you catch a Pokemon, your, um, your party, uh, gains experience, uh, no matter, no matter if you're, um, no matter if you're using them, uh, in a battle or not. And it's just, um, a whole lot more, uh, accessible through, through, through that method. And, um, yeah, so after beating it, the post-game is actually pretty meaty too. Um, without going into too much detail, you actually have the option of going to each gym and facing them again. So, you know, there's a whole lot of uh, stuff to do there. Not to mention the legendaries. And the legendaries are actually Pokemon that you have to actually, um, that you have to go out and find yourself. Um, there isn't a whole lot of like lore from the from the NPCs. You pretty much mm-hmm. just go explore on your own account and you just find them that way. So um, as far as, like, legend hunting, you probably will have to find a guide for that, but that's honestly, like, part of the mystique that this um, game has. And, like, you can tell that, you know, it's definitely a Nintendo-style open-world game because, you know, you're you're in the overworld, you hear the piano, uh, most of the uh, visual cues are going to be things that are shiny. Like, you know, you both played, like, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Like, every time you saw a shrine, you're like, ooh, shiny, I'm going to go over there. And it was mm-hmm. the same Mario Odyssey where everything led to a shine. Whereas with Pokemon um, Scarlet, you know, you have uh, items off in a distance if they're uh, highlighted red, it's normally just a regular item. If they're highlighted yellow, it's a TM. There's even a TM crafting system that uh, requires you to um, knock out or catch other Pokemon and get some materials from them to create TMs. Whereas before, you had to like start a new game and make sure a Pokemon is holding it and trade them back to home and all that. And you know, um, doing all this stuff is just a whole lot easier. Um, I know a, a few people already who have already completed um, the main Pokédex, and the game's only been out for like three weeks, and like that's just how addictive this game has been. So yeah, it's really unfortunate that you know it's um, it has all the technical problems it's going through, but otherwise, this is probably the best Pokemon game since Golden Silver, and that's saying a lot, especially since honestly, no um, no Pokemon game is bad. So yeah, there's that. Uh, and then finally, I started Chained Echoes. Uh, I'm playing the game on Switch, and I got past the the tutorial part where like, you like you face the first boss, and then all of a sudden you gain control of this red-haired girl. Um, I don't really have much to say other than that, but I will say that, you know, um, this game is actually all developed by one person, making it even more impressive. So yeah. from the design, um, NPC speech, um, and all that. And um, the, the battle system so far is pretty interesting as well. Uh, it's very... It's very trails like because you have the um the menu at the top right that sees the, the turn order um and then you have like the various um attacks that you can have you know to attack or defend and uh, whatever makes sense there but again you guys have played it more than i have so go ahead and talk about it guys
0: yeah, so I have played about two two and a half hours of it um playing it on p c where it's on game pass uh xbox and uh and p c Mm -hmm. There, so it is a fairly standard kind of JRPG kind of setup. Uh, You know, your turn based battles, all that kind of stuff. Uh, You do have a timeline Mm
2: -hmm. of
0: sorts showing battle order uh, that you can uh, potentially have some means for affecting that a little bit. Uh, Though, from what I've seen so far, uh, a lot of that's just good for knowing, like, oh, this is somebody I could potentially eliminate now versus letting them get an attack in kind of stuff but the battle system also has this whole overdrive system to mm-hmm. it where uh, essentially you have a, a big bar on the top left uh, corner of the screen that has just like a it's like an orange bit uh, for about like 30 40% of it so then you got like a good 50% green and then a little 10% of red on the the very end and as you're doing initial attacks you should probably just do basic attacks early on uh because you're not gonna use any of your uh TP, which is your tactical points, it's for your skills essentially. Um but once you get into the green your attacks I think double. Uh you take less damage, you your TP usage for your special your skills uh halves. So uh they intentionally like make those very expensive on the amount of TP it takes to use some of those abilities so you're definitely encouraged to not use them early on though once you beat a battle you get all your health and TP back so you're not yep yeah. there's no survival element to that where you're trying to you know min max how much you're using yeah uh, going into any fight you're just encouraged to go all out and
2: mm-hmm.
0: and if you do run out you just do basic attacks to fill it back up yep Uh. so but you know once you once you start fighting start using moves you'll see your current position on that bar, and then you'll see your next position based on whatever whatever uh, attack you're, you're highlighting. And so once you're in the green, you'll have stuff that will move it back and forth. Uh, I don't know that it's always consistent with that. Sometimes it seems like it changes at times. Um, they also highlight the text as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the times as well, if it's going to knock you back. Uh, so you're definitely encouraged to uh, kind of make sure you know what you're doing, where you're at, because if you get into the red, you take double the amount of damage from enemy attacks uh, as well as well, I think that's the main thing. Uh, cause I think everything else is probably about normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe TP is double the usage, I don't know, but you generally just want to, once you're in the green, kind of keep yourself in there as best you can. Always mm-hmm. be sort of aware of where you're at and just kind of make uh, decisions based on that, yeah. Uh, and so, the the nice thing about the early part of the game is that you're moving. Uh, you do that initial sequence of trying to end the war now and destroy the stone, mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing, as you're led to believe that is going to stop everything. Mm-hmm. And it kind of does, but uh, just not it, in a
1: way that you want it to.
0: <laughs> yeah, you thought it would like stop stop the enemy from being able to do anything. Instead, it causes this huge explosion. Yeah, of sorts and that scares everybody into signing a peace treaty because nobody wants to own up to what this was Mm -hmm. Uh, and so uh, you start off in this town after that with these two characters who are the part of the city watch who you find out are actually uh, the girl is the princess from one of the other main uh, kingdoms
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, who has decided to go moonlighting as you know a regular person and uh, you're controlling her bodyguard buddy mm-hmm. uh, who uh, is pretty competent on their own. They're sort of buddy, buddy kind yep. of stuff doing uh, as you're going around the town doing stuff. Uh, then you move over to uh, this uh, older dude. You're kind of unsure of who he is or whatever. He just seems to be in a uh, well, uh, well liked author of books who has gotten rich off of that. It makes him sort of a, a rare type of person who is not uh royalty in any kind. No and is rich. So that makes him sort of a celebrity around mm-hmm. places. Uh then you find out that he's part he's not even human. He's some other ancient race that's can live to be hundreds of years old. Mm-hmm. So he's like seeing what life was like before this war started. Uh, which this war has been going on for like 150 plus years. Yep. Uh, So it's like a a generational war Mm -hmm. at a certain point. And then the, the, the other group is a thief who uh, has, you know, an ability to steal uh, items from enemies, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It also has like an interesting mechanic where uh, you have this one attack that you can use and it can set up the second attack, but it's not like a hundred percent chance. Uh, it seems like it works maybe like half the time or something like that. Mm. Uh, the, not like that. Basic attack is any th- any slouch. It's like an an attack that attacks all the enemies for pretty good damage. Mm. So whether it works or not to set up your second attack, that kind of thing. So she has like an interesting like combo system mechanic to it. Yep. Uh, the old guy you don't use for combat at all. You kind of have a Chrono Trigger like sequence early on where you're like i oh, go do these games and earn tickets to go buy stuff. Then you figure out like, oh you've been You've been had because you handed your tickets to the the person at the gate for this area, and then they ask for the tickets. You're like, it's like, oh, somebody got me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's where I was at was like him at the party, you know, smoozing around with people, and then getting like, all right, I'm tired of talking to these idiots. Uh, I'll move on. That's like where I stopped uh, for that. But yeah, like the uh, the thief, you get tasked with going to. Uh, Steal the big like diamond or whatever it is from the the royalty, in the town. Uh, You partner up with the uh, two of the guys from the initial intro. Uh, The buddy who's like, "I'm the best uh, at these battle armors," and I crushed mine right away. So that was a fucking uh, Mm lie. Whole thing. Um, Then his buddy, you sort of partner with them and in the sewers to kind of get inside the the castle because there's rumors that uh, there's going to be a riot happening because nobody in this town in this kingdom believes that the peace treaty is like a real thing that it's all just like fake for the, the sake of, you know, one of the kingdoms like resting up before they can continue the war essentially. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, things happen. Uh, I'm not going to go any further. That. I don't, as I think we should, it's just sort of, it does a, a nice job of having these like almost like just different scenes of what these different characters are doing. And the nice thing is that they don't take away equipment at any point. Yeah. Just because you switch characters, like characters that I guess are probably dead. Uh, I still have their equipment and I can just sell it if I want or put it on other people. If they meet the requirements for that stuff, so, like yeah. initially I'd, moved one of the swords over to the dude and upgraded him initially and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, in there so that's nice uh, the other thing is there's no XP in this game mm-hmm. uh, you gain like skill points that your weapons and armor or no your skills uh, sort of slowly tick down mm-hmm. and it's like each of the fights gets you like maybe three to five initially and so you're Initial items start at, like, 300, something like that. And so, you know, you're not going to grind it out because there's no, like, random battles or anything. You're just fighting enemies that appear along the path you're going to go. So there's no real grinding in any way. So it kind of keeps the battles from getting to be just a slog so much, though. Just the process of, you know, keeping things in the, the green meter on the overdrive thing are... Kind Of where it just gets a little bit like, all right, just doing the thing, uh, just paying more attention to uh, where the meter is going, uh, versus you know, trying to be the most efficient kind of battle stuff, you know. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it from what I've played. It seems pretty solid from everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, the story seems interesting enough, but it's also. fairly kind of standard for jrpg stuff. Yeah, uh, from what I've seen it's not like it's bringing any new concepts of war is bad and that there are probably bad actors under behind the scenes pushing these different kingdoms into war for their own, you know, benefits. So it's not really too surprising in that stuff, but it seems to do everything uh pretty well. Pretty slick and especially for A game that was largely made by one person. I think the soundtrack is made by a second person. And there might be some other people in there uh, doing some other stuff, but it's largely one person made this game. So, Brandon, take it away for what else you think.
1: One of the things you kind of, I think, might have glossed over is that during the uh, game, you do get access to these things called Sky Armors, which are essentially fantasy giant robots that... You use in battle, and uh, in the game, um, you like you you. They sort of like at the very beginning, you get a chance to use one. You yeah, have like one fight, and then you just crash it. Yeah, and you don't really get access to them again for like another ten hours. Um, yeah. But when you do, um, it actually goes a long way to. For one hand, um, like there are certain like parameters on when you can use it um you can't use them when you're like indoors or like in a cave uh or like underground or something because obviously the ceiling's over you and it's you know uh stuff like that you also can't like uh well i mean you can't get it but you can't land in it stuff that has like really tall foliage or like trees and stuff um but otherwise you know if you're on side you can pretty much uh use them anytime um and they're actually very powerful so you can um you know because like if you're wanting to like get a bunch of like uh you know skill points and stuff you can you can or like you just got like a bunch of tiny enemies that are irritating you you have access to you can take out a bunch of the a bunch of the smaller enemies pretty easily um also the whole uh, overdrive set actually works differently um in the uh in the uh sky Armors because unlike the um when you're like on foot and you have that whole thing where it's like you know you're trying to stay within the green zone and you know each uh, attack that you have it might take you further up the the line or further down the line so you're trying to stay in that sweet spot with the um Sky Armors, you have the gear system where every Sky Armor has two different gears. And first gear, uh, it goes forward up, you know, the little the 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 uh overdrive and through uh gear two it goes down. But the thing is if you use it um if you're on gear two and you eventually get back down to the other side of the uh of the um overdrive line then you basically are no longer can use your skills for that battle um and uh there's like several different models of sky armors you can get to and several different like weapons um it, it, everything from like you know broadsword, you know like big great swords, swords and shields war hammers glaives that you can use that are like uh that you can use to like swipe multiple enemies and on top of that you also get things like uh you know rifles cannons drones stuff like that um and uh you do like form like a a proper party in this game like the game does have sort of this thing a couple times where it'll like separate all the party members and they'll all going off to do their individual stories um but you do like get a proper party, and the party itself can get very large. Um, By the end of the game I had about a dozen people uh, characters that I had access to, and I'm pretty sure there's a couple more in there if you'll look for them. Um,
0: Do they continue the sort of, there are different parties doing things versus you have to have all access to at once and just figure out who your main ones are?
1: Well, for most of the game, you'll have access to all of them, but you only can have like eight people apart per... Uh, battle party and you can switch between them sort of on the fly. Uh which you'll want to do because switching between them will actually like bring you down on the overdrive meter. Um so you can okay. stay in the sweet spot.
0: Um, I love to see a JRPG that does like a like action movies do where you know they have different parties doing things.
1: Yeah. Uh, kind of supposedly thing. they were there was supposed to be like combined attacks when this game was being developed that was like part of the one of the like Kickstarter goals that unfortunately never got reached um yeah. but um so it was
0: fun for solving the i only have you know main party members that and the rest go fuck off cuz they're
1: not keeping up with the rest yeah um but yeah you have to like you have 8 per party and then it's four per like battle line and like every every one of those characters in it they have like a secondary character they can switch to if they want um yeah
2: i don't know if this is in line of what you were talking about chris but in um in trials of cold steel 4 like toward the end of the game you have access to like 40 characters and you eventually split into three different parties to like take on this one big boss which you know i won't go over too much but um yeah. Um, and then like, so sorry to cut you off, Brandon, but when you were mentioning the sweet spot, I guess like that's one of my main complaints about the game this far is that it does seem to like, you know, you have to deep end with a whole bunch of things to know and not know. And I feel like the tutorials are, even though they're well written, they, they don't exactly let you practice anything. So it's more of a learn-as-you-go sort of thing. So when you talk about, like, the sweet spot and the overdrive, obviously, like, when you first play it, like, it doesn't really become an issue. So I guess my question is, when um, does the game really get deep enough for that kind of stuff to really be a worry?
1: Uh, it takes a little while. Um, and by that time, you know, you hopefully have already done some work, you know, upgrading your character's equipment and stuff so that it doesn't really become an issue. Um, I will say though, just to, just to make just to make a point, even if you do end up on like the other side of the overdrive meter, um, a lot of times it's not really that major of a hurdle in a battle. Um, most of the time it just means that your will be slightly less effective, but usually by the time that happens, you're far along in the fight that it's not, it doesn't really matter anymore. Um. I will also say that in the option, you can also like adjust the size of the of the actual sweet spot on the overdrive menu and some other stuff. So there is some quality of life stuff that they put in. Yeah, there. there's
0: some good accessibility to make yourself overpowered
1: or underpowered if you want harder, yeah. easier. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see what else. Oh yeah. Uh, so they the, the 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 title of the game, of course. Chained Echoes, and it actually does have some meaning in the story. It's not just some random pick together, but basically, Echoes are the term they use for, for lack of a better word, souls, and it actually has, like, meaning to this game's story. Uh, Also, I just want to point out, um, this game, do not be fooled by the colorful visuals, because this game gets really freaking dark. um, and like this game is you know the ESRB gave it a sure rating for a reason it gets legitimately super dark at times um i'm talking about shit like uh genocide um like royal intrigue child abuse shit like that it gets pre- it, get, it gets pretty dark um but it all sort of serves the story cuz uh the thing you find out about sort of the continent that you're playing on is that there's a lot of awful shit that's been going on underneath the surface, and the actual like the like foreign powers that that are in the game they don't really like show up that much, um, and you'll find out it's really most of it really is uh, the con- the people on the continents kind of their own shit that they sort of started themselves. Um, and as for, like, the the actual stone, you find out what the stone actually is and why it's able to do what it is. And um, let's just say, uh, you know how when it explodes, it kind of looks like a atomic explosion? Yeah, uh, they're not really subtle about it because there's a, a part later on where you get to the outskirts of where the initial blast was, and it's basically, like, mutating from, like, the radiation from it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, And, uh, yeah, it's just, in general, it's best written RPGs I've played in a while. Um, uh, not entirely, there's, like, one part of it that has to do with... Uh, one of the main antagonists that kind of don't like the way that story sort of wraps itself up because it's way too reminiscent of a certain anime that I watched back in the day, but um everything else like it gets into like like Cthulhu level shit seriously um and it also goes into like uh god i. I want to talk more about it, but there's just a bunch of shit that I yeah. don't want to spoil. Because um, there's
2: a, I'm actually yeah. really excited to see like how strange this game gets. But you know, obviously oh, it we got... gets
1: weird. It gets
2: downright bizarre.
1: For you know, obviously, the we,
2: we, we, we gotta get on. We, we, we gotta move on with the show. But like, my, I guess my last question is, um, uh, I think like this developer isn't actually Japanese. Like, um, did, did, no, they just a really. Yeah, I like actually a huge fan of just JRPGs in general. But like, as someone, I mean, most of the staff plays JRPGs anyway. But like, you know, obviously as someone who's really been ingrained in the genre, um, how much does this game like have the typical cliches? Does it stray away from it, or does it embrace it?
1: Uh, it sort of embraces some of them. So, like, dejecting others. Um it's it, it, it like the way let me uh, but you played the first part of it, so that's kind of the overall it, it starts off basically this game kind of starts off as like with an almost like shot for shot uh redo of the beginnings of Chrono trigger and then it kind of smacks you into reality um, yeah. the game is very much like that tone wise pretty much through the entire game um like it will like bring up like jr tropes some of them it embraces others it kind of mercilessly deconstructs but most of the time it's very much by somebody who is very much loves the genre and it shows
2: yeah i mean like one thing that i notoriously do is i save the item that like revives your whole party mm-hmm. and uh, yeah i'm wondering whether or not that's something i should expect to do or i should just you know go out of my norms and just do things the way i want to do them.
1: uh well i will tell you that there is. The game will always let you retry the battle, like no matter how many times you will lose. So, um, but like it, you, you'll just you'll just have to say.
0: <laughs> Sounds good, man. Excited? Yeah. All right. So yeah, let's get to some news. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because uh, we have a bunch here. Uh, we got your PS Plus game catalog mm-hmm. uh, that has been announced now. Game Pass has not announced anything yet for whatever is happening the rest of the month. Uh, so we'll hopefully have that by next show, but for now we just have PS Plus, which will be going live here December 20th, Uh, though they lead here with WWE 2K22 coming to it on January 3rd, so I guess we'll see that here in the early New Year. Uh, That seems to just be the PS4 version. Uh, Let's see, for other stuff, Far Cry 5 for the PS4, uh, should be able to play Some more Far Cry. Yeah, they got Far Cry New Dawn as well, and Far Cry Primal for the PS4. So you get uh, some more Far Cry stuff, uh, more of the recent stuff Mm. here. Uh, Let's see. Mortal Shell for PS4 and PS5. This is a Souls-like. It's supposed to be pretty tough. Uh, So there you go if you've exhausted the other ones. And then we got some more Yakuza games here. They got Judgment for PS4 and PS5 is coming here. Uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon for PS4 and PS5. Mm -hmm. And Yakuza 6, The Song of Life for the PS4 Uh, to round out your uh, Yakuza offerings on PlayStation Plus for the year. So there you go. Uh, They also have two Middle Earth games, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor and Middle Earth Shadow of War for the PS4 are also arriving and, let's see, The Pedestrian for PS5 and PS4 that is a really cool uh, little puzzle platformer. I definitely recommend people checking that out to you be, like, your puzzle platformers. hmm uh, Let's see, Evil Genius 2 for PS5 and PS4 that is a uh, sort of... I don't know, like a dungeon tycoon kind of thing where you're building out, like, evil airs and dungeons and such to... Uh, take on the the good guys and try and stop them, all that kind of stuff. Uh, So there's that. There's Adventure Time Pirates of the Enchiridion for PS4 for your more kid-friendly stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ben 10 Power Trip for PS4 and PS5. Uh, And then Gigantosaurus uh, the game for the PS4.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, It's part platformer, part racer. Mm -hmm. So there you go for that. Uh, Back to the other stuff. Pills of Eternity 2, Dead Fire Ultimate Edition for the PS4. As mm-hmm. uh, so you get some computer RPG style stuff there, Worms WMD. Uh, it's the Worms game before the most recent one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. And the Escapist 2. That's sort of a survival crafting kind of game, but about finding ways to break out of prisons. Uh, so there you go for all the stuff that's coming to Essential.
2: Mm hmm.
0: Uh, and Premium, uh, as well as if you have that uh, stuff for Premium, the Classics, uh, they are adding Ridge Racer 2 for the PSP. Uh, That is notable because that game is never released in North America when it came out on the PSP. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That was just Japan and Europe only, so it's the first time we get it here in North America. So Mm -hmm. that'll be cool. Uh, For PS3, there's Heavenly Sword. Uh, For PS1, there's Oddworld Abe's Exodus. Uh, So you get that. That's the second game, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also for the PSP pinball heroes, which is a Sony made pinball game that has a number of tables based on PlayStation franchises, like uncharted hotshots golf. And I think a couple other ones there, Mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty solid for what it is. But as there you go for the classics stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, that's, uh let's see, for Game Pass, uh, the main thing they've added here recently is they've finally added the Ride Games titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we now know how that all works, which is basically that those games are in the PC Game Pass client. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I assume if you launch those, uh, it'll ask you to log into your Riot account uh, if you want. And... Uh, if you have like Game Pass Ultimate, you might have all the bonuses, or Game Pass PC. I'm not sure. I haven't launched into them or anything, because I don't really mm-hmm. care about either any of those games. But mm-hmm. essentially, with Game Pass, you will get uh, the ability to unlock all the characters for them. Mm-hmm. And every new uh, character they add in the future, as well as some maybe some bonus XP stuff. Uh, so, you get a little bit of a benefit there for that stuff if you don't already have the other things mm. uh, so yeah, some nice stuff if you're into those games, uh, but if you're not, there's not much there mm. uh, yeah, that seems to be the bulk of it there, and they have in this article explains how you can access your uh linker accounts so you can access all that stuff, so yeah, there you go. Uh, as well as subscription stuff, Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion pack added some more things for the Genesis mm-hmm. app. Uh, yeah, it should be out now on the fifteenth. They added four new Genesis games. There's mm-hmm. Alien Storm, uh, which is what is that? It's like a side-scrolling shooter. Yep. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's Columns, which is a classic puzzle game.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, there's Golden Axe 2, which is sort of a beat 'em up.
1: Starts rolling baited up, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, with uh, I think the the same three characters from the first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. And then Virtual Fighter Two, which if you want to see how Sega decided to backport a 3D fighting game to a system that could not do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, here you go. They turn into more mostly a 2D fighting game
2: mm-hmm. with
0: the character models looking more polygonal, though they're not really. It's just. I try to emulate that style as much as possible, so people like Virtual Fighter 2 do not like this version.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but it's as close as you're going to get to that on any of these systems, since they do not seem to care about uh, that that era of arcade games. Mm-hmm. Uh, any of their porting over stuff, it's Genesis or nothing, seems like yeah, for the most part. Yeah, pretty much. So there you go. Some nice new things uh, for that. Um, but yeah, let's get to some dates here. Uh, first up one piece odyssey is getting a demo on, uh, January 10th. I believe it's going to be on all platforms. And as Dan or Blake said, the save data will carry over to the full game yeah. when it launches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I believe you're going to get to check out the early parts of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's neat. Uh, and that game will be out, uh, Full in full on January 13th. So mm-hmm. that'll be a few days ahead of launch for PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. So oh. there you go for that. Something to keep an eye on. Uh, let's see, also coming out in January season, A Letter to the Future.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the indie game that is coming to PlayStation and PC. it finally has a date, January 31st. Uh, so you're going to play that here in about a month or so. Mm-hmm. Uh that is sort of the game about a person that is sort of uh driving or riding around on her bike to uh collect her memories of things in nature and such as she finds around the world mm-hmm. uh taking pictures and writing down stuff and all that kind of stuff. Uh there's there was a demo on PS4 or PS5 for this, I haven't got a chance to check it out yet, uh, but I'll probably play it here sometime in the near future. But it looks like it'll be out uh, at 30 bucks on console, uh, 25 bucks on PC. Uh, mm. So there you go. That's something to keep an eye on. Uh, we have for February, Super Nintendo World is finally uh, opening. Yep. February 17th.
1: It'll
0: mm. uh, be a new park within Universal Studios Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh yeah game informer here has a video uh trailer there and they also have done some videos of their own as they got a chance to go in and see what the park is like so
2: yeah
1: and it
0: looks fun
2: yeah yeah it's uh definitely an interesting release date like i would have thought that uh they'd try their best to match it with the release date for um uh the super mario brothers movie uh that would have been totally insane but yeah february 17 cool date it's um I believe that's President's Day weekend. I, mm-hmm. I forget which holiday uh, that falls around, but yeah, that's definitely cool. Um, one thing to note, though, uh, if, if, especially if you've been following uh, Super Nintendo World in Japan, is that they won't have the Yoshi ride. Uh, they have uh, a lot. They have a lot less space uh, than they do in Japan, so you won't have that. And um, I think they're also doing a uh, preview for pass holders. Uh, starting in mid-January, so if anybody is a pass holder and wants to make a reservation, they can do that, and that'll probably be the best way to see it without too much of a crowd. And um, yeah, the, the passes are only a few dollars more than like um, a, a ticket, so a lot of people do opt for that. But yeah, I'm definitely excited. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to be there on Grand Opening Weekend, uh, which you know makes my more hurt, but after going to Avengers when that first opened, I don't really think I want to deal with that. But uh yeah, if you are if you are going and you are excited, it looks it looks pretty cool.
0: Yeah, as a park, it'll be the same whether you're there opening week or not. Uh, probably be cheaper too, because mm-hmm. I imagine they'll probably uh, be charging a lot for that opening week uh, mm-hmm. for travel and all that, especially since that's in less than two months. Uh, for that,
2: yeah, for me, it's just wanting like grand opening day stuff, but. Yeah. 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 Just just go when you want to go.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, winter is a pretty good time to go to those kind of places because that's when people don't want to go,
2: mm-hmm. typically.
0: Typically want to go during summer when, you know, summer vacation, all that happens.
2: Mm.
0: That's also the most miserable time to go to, like, Southern California
2: and Florida.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And
2: it's hot. Here, it's, it's, it's not particularly cold. Cold here is, like, 50s, and to you guys, it's probably nothing. So, Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, we'll get to some more date stuff here. We have PlayStation VR 2 news. Uh, Resident Evil Village is going to be having a VR mode at launch as a free DLC. So people that have Resident Evil Village and have a PSVR 2 at launch uh, will be able to check that out and have their Resident Evil experience as they get to uh, get all they want of uh, Lady Demistress. Mm-hmm. uh and all that. Uh, so there you go. Also, Moss and Moss Book 2 are coming to PSVR 2 at launch. Mm.
1: Uh,
0: the downside is there's no free upgrade for the devs are doing that. They are doing uh, pre-order discounts. Uh, so it's a 10% discount on each of the games for PS Plus users, as well as a 10% off for the bundle of the two, uh, which... The bundle of the two makes it $36, uh, which is 6 bucks more than what the full price is for the second game. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: they've at least priced it decent enough to make it uh, a reasonable value to make mm-hmm. up for uh, the missing outs. But they've also put out videos and gifts and such showing you like, what the improved uh, visuals and uh, control stuff can do uh, for this game. So Mm -hmm. that looks really cool. So I might grab that when I get my PSVR 2, but uh, we'll see. Mm -hmm. I definitely didn't get Book 2, so I haven't gotten around to playing that one. But I played a few hours of the first game. So Mm -hmm. it seems like it'll run better, look better. I have all the additional stuff they did for the PC VR release uh, of this game. So yeah, there you go. That'll be a launch title as well, I think. The current count for launch titles is at 30 for mm-hmm. PSVR 2, so that's just continuing to, continuing to grow as uh, more and more devs announce if they're going to be able to hit launch or not. Mm-hmm. And so along with that, uh, on the PlayStation blog, they had a uh, big article of six new PSVR 2 games coming from Japanese developers. Uh, I think almost all of these are launch titles except for one of them. Mm-hmm. At the end, uh, a game called x 8s has a TBA for the launch. All the rest are for February 22nd. Uh, so, yeah, there's uh, Discronia, Chronos Alternate. That is a VR investigation game. Mm-hmm. There's Kazuna AI, Touch the Beat, which is a rhythm game. Uh, that one will also be playable on uh, PSVR if you just have that. It's also available to be played flat screen on PS5 and PS4. Mm-hmm. So, unless I have to have PSVR for that game. It'll improve things. You get to Mm -hmm. uh, have all the anime surrounding you. Mm -hmm. So there you go for that. Uh, Let's see. There's Tale of Onogoro, uh, which is is from the creator of the Escape Adventure games Last Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. This is their new thing. It's a co-op VR game. So there you go with that. There's Altair Breaker. Mm -hmm. That's a multiplayer sword fighting action game. Uh, so there you go for that. And the big highlight is the return of a uh, a game, a franchise you would have never expected to come back, Fantavision.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Fantavision 2020X. Uh, this is a game made by Cosmo Machia. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: the original game was a launch title for the PS2, a puzzle game based around fireworks. Mm-hmm. It seems like they've adapted that for VR, essentially. Or, you know, you're you know some sort of kaiju i guess hanging out in the air watching these fireworks and moving your cursor around to set off stuff uh as you go uh so that seems like that could work out to be really cool it's mm. just even just a visual showpiece kind of thing mm. uh but yeah that's seems like similar ideas for the gameplay just using motion controls to set them off versus you know button presses mm. uh that kind of stuff so that could be neat I look forward to seeing more of that. So, yeah, FantaVision somehow coming back as a launch title for new PlayStation hardware. Uh, The hero nobody expected, so there you go. Uh, More news. Pinball FX, the newest title in the uh, Zen Pinball and Pinball FX franchise, has been on PC for a while in early access. I think Epic Games Store, I think it's been exclusive to. Uh, but now they're finally leaving Early Access and launching for PlayStation, Xbox, and PC in February. Mm-hmm. Uh, Switch and other platforms will be happening later in 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the big thing here, I believe, is that this is built more around as like a live service for these tables. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say it's going to have 40 unique and visually enhanced favorites from Zen's catalog of libraries. I'm not sure if they are letting stuff uh, transfer over if you owned them on the previous games. I'm not 100% sure on that. I haven't been keeping up. Uh, but they do mention that they have tables based on yeah, some of the, the the licensed stuff like Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Universal Studios stuff, and I think the Addams Family is one they're bringing in for the full launch. Uh, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep an eye on if you like that. it also have all the visual upgrades you expect on the new hardware, 4K, HDR, ray tracing, all that kind of stuff, which could look pretty neat on a pinball game. So there you go, Pinball FX. Uh, and then, yeah, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection finally got a launch date mm-hmm. of April 4th. Uh, so you can finally play those. Uh, it has, yeah, all six Games with the four latter ones broken up into two games each. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of like a Pokemon. Uh, remember, this is a game that they are also breaking up into two volumes
1: mm-hmm.
0: as well. So you can get the, I think they're 40 bucks each for the volumes and 60 bucks for the bundle with them both together. So you're definitely encouraged to get them both if you just want them both. Mm-hmm uh let's see they're also doing a weird thing uh where they're going to stream seasons one and two of Mega Man nt warrior that's the (laughs) anime that the battle network series is based on on Mm -hmm. its twitch channel early next year yep as well as you'll be able to watch them on capcom's youtube tape uh youtube uh, channel so that's weird uh but okay
2: Yeah, they're definitely hitting the nostalgia button for for that one there. I mean, for a lot of people, um, Mega Man Battle Network was sort of like uh, a side entry to Mega Man in a weird way. Like, you know, these were big on the GBA. I know a lot of people who pirated this game, and they're really looking forward to actually giving Capcom their money for this one. And the anime that went along with it was actually pretty fun. I remember watching it on Saturday mornings while I started Pokemon. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one, and I'm also looking forward to... uh, uh, not beating them, because they are also really, really hard. Yeah. Uh,
0: and also, if you want it to make it even harder, you can uh, play people in online matches. Uh, let's see. What else do they have here? They got high-resolution filters for each title, as well as the museum having over a 1,000 pieces of artwork and nearly 200 mu- music tracks. Mm. So a lot of stuff to unlock and enjoy outside of just the games themselves. So there you go. More Mega Man. Hmm. Uh also uh happening here, this was supposed to be happening. I think they the PowerWatch simulator devs were planning to announce new content on I think December 6th, but the day before announced that uh the, they're gonna have to delay that uh content to early 2023, and along with that the PlayStation and Switch versions. Uh they were all gonna announce dates for all that stuff, but seemed to have some issues. Uh, getting that ready in time, so they decided to delay it, uh, saying we are sorry, but we can no longer announce the next batch of content is planned tomorrow. It's still coming, but at the moment we can't share whats what it is or its release date due to several development factors. Uh, we've had a fast, fantastic year, moving from early access to full launch, and as largely thanks to our community support and feedback.
1: Mm-hmm. So please rest
0: assured that our wonderful development team are working incredibly hard in the background to make 2023 an amazing year full of watchable content. Uh yeah, so they are I imagine the holidays also throw a wrench in that as they get ready to have some time off here at the end of the year. Uh but I'm excited for that. Uh this is uh new content they have not announced before because currently right now they are doing uh votes on their Discord for community map stuff. Mm. Uh they've been doing like a tournament of sorts to figure out the most wanted uh of these. And submitted map ideas, mm-hmm. and it includes things like you know a luxury yacht, a submarine, like research vessel, you know double decker bus, garage garbage truck, uh, an aquarium, bowling alley, swing pool, crystal caves, some of this other stuff they've been having people yeah. vote for. That's all seems pretty neat. I'm not sure how many they're going to put in a uh, in an update, but. Uh, that stuff is at least going to be f- probably summer ish, if not later. And yeah, this is a, that going to take their time. Cause I believe they, uh, very much in their recruiting talk about there's no crunch at the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make sure everybody's fairly paid for everything. Uh, so they're not going to crunch as a result of this delay. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited for that and mm-hmm. I can wait for whenever that happens. So, no Russian on any of that. Mm. Uh, so yeah. Unfortunate delay, but not too surprising. So there you go. Uh to some big news here. Mm-hmm. The Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster series is finally coming to console to PS4 and Switch. Uh spring yeah. 2023. Uh this is the collection of uh visually enhanced Final Fantasy 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been out on PC and mobile since last year. Uh but uh yeah, it seems like they have physical versions that are already sold out. Uh 75 bucks for the basic version of the game.
2: Hmm.
0: It is a square enix store exclusive, so like I've seen people say it's also twenty-five dollars shipping, so it's literally a hundred dollars for those games. Yeah, they that did. was
2: three I didn't buy it because the shipping was twenty five dollars. It's like
0: uh, the special edition, the anniversary edition, is $260. Which is like, oh, that's yeah. going to probably include a lot of stuff. Not really. Nope. That includes the physical version. You get a special lenticular sleeve for that. Uh, you get an anniversary edition goods box to put all this crap in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a two-disc vinyl record set featuring newly arranged game music with exclusive cover artwork by Kazuko Shibuya. Mm-hmm. Especially compiled, com- yeah, compiled artwork. Artbook uh, showcasing beautiful character pixel art. And eight stylized pixel art character figures in window packaging. That's it. For 260 bucks, it's like... Uh, your pricing's a little off. That seems like... I've, $25,
2: $20 shipping.
0: Yeah. As for the $25, at least, isn't that big of a deal. Because you're paying 10 times that for the product itself, but also this product should be like 150 bucks uh for what you're getting here. Maybe those pixel uh figurines are bigger than they look. I don't know. Uh but also just like eight random characters from the various games. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But other than that, the games themselves should be pretty cool. they're gonna release them individually like they did on Steam or in a bundle for 75 bucks. Uh they're priced the same individually. It's 12 bucks each for the first two games. And the other four are $18 each. And so if that's too much for you, wait for them to go on sale. At least with uh, the way things were on Steam, they had codes on Green Man Gaming that I got on discounts for the launch and paid less than the 75 bucks. I think like 65 bucks or something like that, for all six games. So that was a pretty decent value for
2: that. Yeah, these did go on sale pretty frequently, right, as for the uh, digital versions anyway.
0: Uh, at least codes on like the, the secondary, not the secondary market, but the the sites that sell codes separately from Steam. Yeah. Uh, I don't know too much about the on Steam itself because I already owned them by the time they went on sale. So I don't know what the prices were, but
2: mm-hmm.
0: they'll go on sale like the other ones do, which is probably a little bit expensive for a while. And then they're half off every time they're on sale. Uh, so you'll be able to get a decent discount on that stuff. Uh, yeah, well, let's see. But uh, yeah, you can finally play Final Fantasy 3 on a console that isn't the Ouya
2: <laughs>
0: uh, for the first time in North America.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if anybody is on the fence, you know, just think of the value proposition there. Yeah, they are remasters, but you aren't playing them in their most uh, original way to play them. Not to mention that I think there were a lot of issues with the way the uh, UI text looks, which is... It boggles my mind as to why they even decided to address those anyway. And I think those problems still persist in these new console versions. Um, but yeah, like ask yourself if you really want to spend like the, the 15 or $12 it costs for the first two and then the $18 it costs for the latter. I personally wouldn't. But if you're wondering about whether or not this is a good or bad deal, it's about on par with what it was when it was first released on PC. And um, yeah, like honestly, just, just wait. But if you want it on physical then you have to be prepared to get fucked here. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I
0: think they're already sold out, so people have to sign up to get reminded when they might go in stock again, and if not, you're just stuck with uh, getting digital. Uh, but yeah, these are pretty much better versions of the original games. Uh, arts definitely improved a good bit for some of these. Uh, mm-hmm. Text is maybe the one issue, though I I didn't really have too much of a problem at a certain point. Uh, for that stuff, but also that's just how Square Enix been with their various ports of their old games. Uh, I think 9, Final Fantasy 9 has weird text issues to it because mm. uh, they decided to use phone like, you know, modern text versus stuff that looks more like what an NES or Super Nintendo would have had. That's, you know, the people that are playing this for purely nostalgia's sake would want, whereas I think. People that are just playing it now don't really care too much uh so yeah, was the games sort to show you what what the games were like before yeah. uh Final Fantasy VII hit and changed everything about the series uh so yeah, there you go uh they they're finally happening sometime this spring uh and then you can go fuck yourself if you don't want to. Yeah. If you're still waiting for the absolute perfect versions, because this is as good as Square Enix is going to get. Oh yeah. So yeah, there you go. Uh, Let's see. Oh yeah. Falcom announced for uh, the Ease's 35th anniversary. Mm -hmm. uh, Ease X Nordics uh, for PS4, PS5 and switch. Uh, That'll be out sometime next year in Japan. So Mm -hmm. don't even have like a year just for the uh, North America or the West. Uh, It looks like they're doing a lot of the same stuff they had in four or not four, nine, eight, nine, sort of the, the pretty good looking 3d visuals stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of action RPG stuff there. So it looks like that could be pretty cool from what they've Mm -hmm. shown so far. Uh, Yeah. That's going to be a ways off here at this point. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're basically, the same battle system as Ease Nine.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, like that's really my main concern uh, heading into this one. I mean, yeah, obviously, if 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 it ain't broke, don't fix it. And Falcom has one of one of the best action battle systems as far as uh, RPGs go. And like Ease is fantastic. Both um, eight and nine were great, but I thought eight was a little better just because the uh, places you go to and explore were a lot more varied than nine. Nine, you pretty much just stay in the same city and become werewolves from there, and it was a little weird so i'm hoping like this sort of like brings the series back to its roots but at the same time like shows some sort of evolution here um the fact that it's coming out on playstation 4 kind of concerns me because um when 9 came out there was like literally one other rpg available on the ps5 and uh you know it left a lot to be desired there and you know it's it, it kind of sucks that falcom continues to be um behind as far as like making games for the right hardware but Again, you want to get the sales somehow, and it's unfortunately not going to happen in the West unless they do something drastic. But anyway, I'm still looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah it'll be on PS5, PS4,
0: Switch, so uh, we'll see. But they do mention that you'll be able to control a ship for the first time in the series. And we know Adol is great at controlling ships because uh, he frequently crashes them at the beginning of every game.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not always him, but yeah, I mean, if he, even if you look at the uh, title image here, you see a ship about to be dismantled by a whale, so uh, he'll crash, undoubtedly. Yeah, so you'll get
0: to at least explore some more areas this time around. Yeah, explore vast oceans using sea maps as your guide. Engage in, engage in naval battles against enemy ships. This new feature that adds to the joy of adventure that the series is known for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you'll be able to have some Assassin's Creed Four style ship battles, mm-hmm. I guess. I'll uh, we'll Want to see how that actually plays out, but yeah, it looks neat. Yep. I uh, want we'll to see more of that at another point, but yeah, there you go. Ease X. Uh, let's see. Also, getting announced the the next Llamasoft game was finally announced, and it's being published by Atari. Mm-hmm. It's Aka R A K K A. A-R-R-H. This is essentially a reimagining of an old Atari game that uh, never released. I think it was just a prototype by yeah. the time it was canceled. And Jeff Minter being a huge fan of old Atari games, to largely it's what his whole career of games has been about, is remaking old Atari games he liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually either legally distinct or in some cases not legally distinct, but this time he's partnering with Atari to... This next one out that's based on a prototype that never released, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's coming to all the PlayStation, Xboxes, Switch, and PC, uh, February 21st, it seems like. Uh, so that's cool, you'll be able Mm -hmm. to check it out here in about two months. It's a trailer for that, so you can check it out. It's more Jeff Minter Madness. Mm -hmm. Now, they do mention accessibility so you can uh, disable the more intense visual effects, so Mm -hmm. that's great because that's definitely been one of the bigger issues with his games is that they love to just flash uh, lights and shit all the time. Yeah, so He likes to do as many effects as he can at once.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so there you go. A nice new Minter game. Uh, also happening here, the next Tomb Raider game that still doesn't have a date or anything that Crystal Dynamics is working on is going to be published by Amazon games. Uh, Cause I guess they do not, uh, Embracer Group does not have a publisher uh, set up for just the IDOS stuff. Mm. Uh, I guess that's the reasoning, though. It's not like this game is going to be out anytime soon. Mm. There's no reason they couldn't start the process of setting up a publishing division for those IDOS companies. Mm. Uh, so, but Amazon, sure,
2: mm-hmm. partnering with
0: them. They're not the only company publishing uh games for some of the big publishers in the industry. We'll talk about another one later, but yeah, this is a bit of a surprise, but I guess the Embracer group is not going to sit there and pay for their own publishing if they can get another company involved. Uh, Cause it seems like it's going to be one of their biggest games yet uh for their
2: company. Yeah. I mean, like if, if I want Amazon doing anything with the games industry, I think publishing would make their most sense. Um, yeah, we arguably haven't really seen anything like super duper great with uh, the in-house developers yet. But publishing, I definitely have more comfort with, especially if it's something like Tomb Raider, which is a really known IP and uh, something that I never wanted to see die. I'm, I'm actually one of the fans of uh, the, the latest reboot, trilogy, So, yeah, I'm happy to see it continue to move forward.
0: Yeah. Well, they definitely yeah. didn't have a great fall because they had the Saints Row game come out and that just... Oh, Yeah maybe made back the money that they invested into it, but not like any sort of big uh, bonus there. So uh, they're hoping this uh, is a a much more of a big success. Mm. Seems like a solid chance for that. Uh, This is sort of uh, a big chance for Amazon to change the narrative on their games Mm. as they've been mostly known for games that failed uh, constantly uh, to Mm -hmm. their... Until they had the the MMO New World, I think it was, yeah, uh, on Steam that has done pretty well. Mm-hmm. They also know somebody who had it fry their graphics card, yeah, it was trying to run at the main menus at like thousand FPS for no reason. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Amazon's back. Um, we got some Microsoft news here. Uh, not really a huge surprise, but they will be. Uh, charging seventy bucks for games yeah. as they get to it next year. Mm-hmm. I imagine Starfall will definitely be one of those. Oh yeah, uh, Forza Motorsport, Redfall. Uh, this new wave of games that seems like it's finally going to start releasing. Uh, they're definitely going to be hitting that here for. I think they're putting us around games that are releasing exclusively on Xbox Series X and S mm-hmm. uh, games. So. That'll definitely be like Starfall and Redfall, Forza Motorsport. I'm not sure what else they've got coming out anytime soon, but I think those are all 2023 games. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see. Uh, but yeah, kind of the same strategy they had on uh, the Xbox 360 generation, where they had their launch stuff at 50, and then once they had you know Gears of War,
2: mm-hmm. they said like, "Hey, what if we charge 60 bucks for this?" And mm-hmm. sort of never looked back after that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I actually don't remember any Microsoft games being 50, but, you know, either way, I mean, like we've been at 50, 60 for about more than two decades now. So um, it makes sense. It's the trajectory of the medium. And and unfortunately, like 50, 60 isn't really, you know, in tune with what developers are expecting these days. So I get it. Um, I guess my main thing is, especially with Microsoft in general, is um, they haven't really released any first party tales for me. That are worth that seventy dollars price tag. Like maybe Halo would have been the closest thing, but you know, obviously we've seen Halo struggle um, as it got l- a little bit older, and um, yeah, it's tough. But if anything, this just goes to show like what kind of a value Game Pass is, especially since they're going to have all their first of titles on there for no additional price. Of course, that also means we're gonna we're probably going to see a price increase for Game Pass soon. But still, the value is there. If you have an mm-hmm. Xbox, you're an Xbox fan, get Game Pass.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely the a reason if you're n- not into buying games on Xbox to continue to not buy them. Mm-hmm. Uh, stick with Game Pass to get you most of the stuff you would be interested in, uh, which is what I do. I don't think I've bought a game on Xbox in a while. I think the only ones I have bought are like small indie games that wouldn't be on Game Pass either way.
2: So, yeah, I mean, like, the, the last physical game I got on Xbox was Yakuza Like a Dragon because I needed a game for Series X launch.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, there you go. Uh, let's see. Yuji Naka back in the news.
2: Uh, fresh point. off
0: of getting arrested for insider training. God damn it. Got arrested again for more insider training. As this time yeah, it yeah. involves yeah. another mobile developer uh let's see which one is it it's the one behind final fantasy 7 the first soldier uh i'm not sure what their team a team i don't know how there's it took until 2020 for a developer in the industry to be called a team
1: mm-hmm. but
0: there you go uh this time he bought shares in a team before the game was made public uh, that they'd be creating Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier, which is the mobile battle royale game that got shut down in a year. So, didn't do too well, but he paid for 120,000 uh, 120, shares at about 144 million yen, or about a million, million fifty-one thousand dollars He was arrested alongside another Theranix ex- employee, Taisuke Sasaki, who was also arrested over the aiming shares that we heard about last month. So those two getting in trouble again, this time for much more money than the other one. Uh, so not great news, uh, making his time of Square Enix even worse mm. as he did not have a good time working on Battle and Wonderworld mm. uh, and also committed some light to heavy insider trading while mm. he was there. As you he heard about these mobile games that were sure to go big and Neither one, I think, either did hit that big. So, yeah, there you go. He's been arrested again. Uh, No idea what sort of charges or penalties he would get for that, but we'll have to see what uh, if there is any sort of follow-up on that. So there you go for that. Uh, And last up here for uh, individual news, the director of Days Gone, uh, John Garvin, who left the studio shortly after the game launched? Yeah, uh, on Twitter, decided to uh, respond to somebody's uh, tweet asking him about why uh, the studio didn't do or why the game didn't do so well because uh, they liked it, and he responded. Let me see it with like a yeah three part response three reasons. One, it had tech issues like bugs, streaming, and frame rate. Two it had reviewers who couldn't be bothered to actually play the game. Three and three. He wrote three, period. And mm-hmm. started sense, and three, which is like you're this is not how you do lists, you idiot. Uh it had woke reviewers who couldn't handle a gruff white biker looking at his date's ass. Uh, it's like from everything I remember about the reviews, people were generally fine with the story mm-hmm. and all that. Like that was probably the one of the better bits about the game along with the gameplay it was mostly like tech issues, the game not running as well as it should have uh, bugs and all that kind of stuff that were big issues. It took a few months for them to get the, that all patched uh, and fixed up. Mm-hmm. So uh, this guy sort of continues to show why he uh, was kicked out of the studio mm-hmm. forced to leave. Cause he just seems to be an asshole. Yeah. Uh, and yet you know, the studio itself Ben studios Twitter had to put out a statement saying we are aware of the comments made by our previous creative director on days gone regarding his personal view on the critical reception of our intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Ben studio does not share his sentiment, nor does it reflect the views of our team. Our studio is immensely proud of the work we accomplished on days gone.
2: I'm mm-hmm.
0: thankful to every developer who poured their heart and soul into it. We're incredibly humbled by the support of our days gone community. And we will continue to share our enthusiasm for our world and characters as we look toward the future.
1: Mm.
0: He's saying, like, he needs to shut up because he's an idiot. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why he isn't at Ben's studio anymore.
2: Yeah.
0: So, yeah, just another idiot showing his ass, and he ended up deleting the tweet
2: as he realized how stupid that made him look. Yeah, I mean, it's really sad. Like, you would think that, you know, someone in such a position would be able to... You know do things in a more professional fashion, but obviously this guy can't and uh good on Ben for actually you know going ahead and making a um making a statement you know just denouncing all this, and uh hopefully whatever they have next is awesome just so they can further shut him up,
0: yeah, get people to stop whining that a game wasn't given a sequel that didn't didn't necessarily need one mm-hmm. uh so yeah, there you go for that and. We're going in here to towards the end of this. Uh, we got a little roundup here of Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition news mm-hmm. uh, as a result of them being in the middle of all this scrutiny with the FTC and all that. Yeah. Uh, 300 QA devs at ZeniMax Studios have voted to unionize. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, Microsoft will not do anything about this because they do not want to show any way that they... Uh, are against unions right yeah. now
1: mm-hmm. at this very moment. Now, yeah. if the acquisition goes through and then they better bet your ass, they will clamp down like the hammer of God. Yeah. Uh,
0: be yeah, the, the CWA, uh, the communication workers of America mm-hmm. union is the one that they're unionizing with. Yeah, uh, and Microsoft has made, I think statements to then, that they are not going to inter- interfere in any sort of union drive, mm. uh, especially with the incoming Activision Blizzard developers uh, that have already done so, the QA teams mm. there. Uh, so that is good news for the people at ZeniMax because uh, QA tends to be the ones that are uh, shit on the most mm-hmm. uh, with any of these companies. So good, good on them, and uh, hopefully it's not the end of that. Mm -hmm. and uh, let's see our next story here in their bid to make this weird uh, 10 year licensing deals for uh, Call of Duty for these various platforms Mm -hmm. more of a thing Microsoft signed a deal for Call of Duty to Nintendo for 10 years a platform they have not brought any sort of game to since I think the, uh, the Wii U's launch should be mm-hmm. about ten years ago. Uh That is a surprising thing, because mm-hmm. uh, there was nothing keeping them from putting Call of Duty on Switch. It's just them not giving a damn. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, what are they going to do? Are they going to downport a game to Switch? Are they going to bring one of the mobile games over? Mm. Uh, which would be at least something unique, but also, the Switch doesn't have. You know, any sort of cellular network connection capability. So you're not necessarily going to be able to play it like a mobile phone game. Yeah. Uh, That's the whole thing. So they have done this whole thing. And there's obviously Mm -hmm. no details because this isn't even going to matter if they don't get the acquisition finished. Uh, Mm -hmm. But even then, it's like they're not going to be able to get a game to the Switch anytime soon, Mm -hmm. either way, because they have not started working on switch in with the, at least with the call of duty teams.
1: Yeah. So yeah, yeah there's,
0: there's a lot of things like making this a weird, dis- weird deal to make. Mm.
2: Assuming this even goes through, um, you know, Nintendo, can, or, um, Activision can go one about two ways here. I think the most obvious one would probably be making a downgraded version of, uh, Warzone, mm-hmm. and then just having it be on switch the same way Fortnite And, uh, um, Minecraft are or they can just go go with Call of Duty mobile and again just do it the same way Fortnite makes it work and uh, I I definitely see it you know being successful on on a switch platform Um, the other thing though is I think this is just a flex to uh, show Sony that uh, Sony is really the, the blocker here and you know this is just part of the console war so you're, you're finally seeing the real haymaker. It's like, hey, if Nintendo can join us, why won't Sony? Because they're being jerks. So. Yeah. It's not like
0: Nintendo cares. Like, sure, bring that big, big uh, series that has done all right on our platforms, but never great. Mm. Like, it's not like Nintendo has to do anything other than just approve it. Because uh, they also announced that they made this offer to uh, Valve, to which Gabe Newell has put out statements here. uh, saying that they turned the deal down. Mm. Uh, We're happy that Microsoft wants to continue using Steam to reach customers with Call of Duty when their Activision acquisition closes. Microsoft has been on Steam for a long time. We take it as a signal that they are happy with gamers' reception to Mm. that and the work we are doing. Our job is to keep building valuable features for not only Microsoft, but all Steam customers and partners. Mm. Microsoft offered and even sent us a draft agreement for a long-term Call of Duty commitment, but it wasn't necessary for us because, A, we're not believers in requiring any partner to have an agreement that locks them to shipping games on Steam into the distant future. B, fill in the games team at Microsoft has always followed through on what they told us they would do. Hmm. So we trust their intentions. And in C, we think Microsoft has all the motivation they need to be on the platforms and devices where Call of Duty customers want to be. Which C is definitely being like, where else are they going to put it on PC but Steam? And it's like Activision Blizzard already put it on Steam here with the. Uh, uh, this new game, uh, Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Microsoft is making any big change other than just ensuring they'll keep doing that because I'm assuming once they make the acquisition final and get everything situated, they'll shut down Blizzard uh Battle.net uh, and just have these games on Steam uh, yeah. and their own uh, Xbox app, so... Really, there's not going to be too much of a change other than just simplifying what platforms they're going to have, much like they did with uh, Bethesda's launcher, where they shut that down, moved everything over to Steam and and the Xbox platform. Mm. So, yeah, not really too much of a change there. And Gabe Newell knows that they don't really have anything that they can do to compete with Steam. Uh, Because you remember when Windows 10 was launching... Gabe Newell was one of the the big PC platform holders that were like, oh, Microsoft is going to create their own storefront and force everybody to stop putting stuff on Steam and other platforms mm-hmm. and all this very uh, kind of slippery slope stuff. Uh, but then they saw how the Windows Store was at the launch of Windows 10 was like, oh, we got nothing to worry about. Uh, they're not able to do anything with this stupid storefront that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So they're running from that where they're the top platform PC platform uh, on the on the on Windows and Microsoft knows that. And they don't need a deal from them because they're going to keep working with them either way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this just puts it all on Sony and Sony will keep doing their thing to see how uh, things go and they'll sign a deal once everything Mm-hmm. Other options are exhausted. So, yeah, I don't think it's really anything that's going to change. This deal's going to go through either way. It's not really going to change much because, yeah, as the other bit of news that happened, this happened the day of the game awards uh, that the FTC has sued to try to block the acquisition of Activ- Activision. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is sort of a thing just to. Uh, from everything I've read, it's a fairly standard thing. They're not necessarily aiming solely to uh, block the deal, mm-hmm. but also to sort of put everything through uh, its paces and look at this from all angles to make sure it's okay or not. Mm-hmm. And if not, it's like require Microsoft sign, you know, deals and such to confirm they're not going to like pull games from other platforms and all this kind of stuff whatever they're particularly worried about. They do at one point note concern about supposedly something they told the EU about not taking Bethesda games away from other platforms, Mm -hmm. which then they did with games like Redfall and Starfield and all that kind of stuff. But I think people have looked into this and the EU didn't necessarily get any sort of uh, pledge of that kind from Microsoft for the Bethesda deal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where that necessarily comes from, but it seems more like just standard, uh, a standard kind of thing, especially the current FTC under the Biden administration that wants to be more critical of these acquisitions instead of just letting them through like they did from the, mm-hmm. the Trump administration. Uh, Cause yeah, the, one of the platform holders buying the biggest third party company in the industry mm-hmm. for an amount that is bigger than any other acquisition in this industry has ever been. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely something that should be under a lot of scrutiny.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, just to make sure something doesn't happen here that, uh unfairly tips the the balance of power. Absolutely. Because as much as Xbox keeps trying to uh, put themselves as like the small guy, they're Microsoft. Mm-hmm. They're literally one of the top companies in the entire world. Yep. Uh, with a bigger war chest than pretty much anybody but maybe Apple. Um, mm-hmm. That's the reason why they're able to make a sixty nine billion dollar
2: acquisition, yep, yeah, it's really funny stretch, seeing Microsoft try to play victim when they have more money than they' doing anybody
0: yeah it's they're not a small company, not even in the gaming industry mm-hmm. uh they may not be as big in the gaming industry, as successful as like Sony and some others, but that's doesn't mean that they're not Microsoft,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that means they're more uh well-balanced in all of their other things with windows and office and their cloud stuff and all that that they're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, there you go. That's the current update on the Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition stuff as uh, they're trying to get those locked down here in the next like six months or so. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we'll keep letting you know if there's any big updates on that stuff Mm -hmm. until it's finally finalized. Yeah. Uh yeah, here for the last one, the game awards. Uh mm-hmm. we missed being able will talk about all the games, but I'll include the the full list of stuff and links for the uh you know, the the link dump, so uh keep an eye on that. on the uh you'll see a link in the show description, so keep an eye on that. But we'll have highlights cuz there were a bunch of stuff that was interesting. Uh, we'll go through that. Uh, they start off with a few interesting bits of news. There's Dead Cells uh, getting a new DLC that is called Return to Castlevania.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Basically, incorporating a lot of Castlevania uh, stuff into the game in a really cool way. Uh, as they have a lot of music in there, uh, 14 weapons from the Castlevania games. Uh, two levels, three bosses, and a new storyline that ties that stuff all together. Uh, that looks like it's going to be a really cool thing. I think it's supposed to be out sometime in Q1 for all the platforms. PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. Uh, so that would be pretty cool to see. As uh, Yeah, that game does a really good job of uh, having its own vibe of combat, but also evokes a lot of uh, Castlevania stuff to it. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of the way that it works, so... Uh, that is some exciting news for mm-hmm. uh, getting some Castlevania stuff out there in a game that people really like. Mm.
1: Uh,
0: so, yeah, there you go. You also get outfits based on Alucard, Richter Belmont, Simon Belmont, Maria Renard, Trevor Belmont, Saifa Belnades, and even Gila, as well as uh, up to 20 outfits total.
2: So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that's some some neat stuff. A nice boost to the. The appeal for dead cells there
2: yep yeah um i forgot whether this was actually shown during the pre-show or early on during the actual um cast for the game awards but it was definitely a good way to start things off because as we as we're about to show there's a lot of good stuff here um as oh, for Dead yeah. Cell, i've i bought this game twice and never never played it once so <laughs> uh, hopefully i can uh, put some time into it so i know what i'm doing but yeah this castlevania dlc looks pretty awesome
0: Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. It's a really cool roguelite kind of game. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. there you go for that. Uh, Next up here is a really cool-looking indie game called Viewfinder. Coming to Mm -hmm. PS5 and PC uh, sometime next year. Yeah. Uh, But this is a game where you are... Yeah, it's a first-person adventure game. But essentially, you take uh, these pictures you have, you hold them up uh, to your screen, and Mm -hmm. then... You show the reveal that the uh, the image in the picture has turned into 3D geometry that you can uh, use to get around the level or, or whatever, yeah. uh, that kind of stuff. It's a really cool-looking style of thing that they do here. Yeah. Uh, I've seen this before from the devs showing like early versions of it on Twitter uh, kind of thing, so it was nice to see uh, sort of a fleshed-out uh, trailer showing it in action and it still is a really striking style of mechanic here so uh yeah that is a an indie game to watch out for next year oh yeah uh, viewfinder and that's published by thunderful games the publisher of the steamworld games so mm-hmm. there you go uh for that and so then they started off the game awards proper uh with a banger as mm-hmm. the next super giant games title was announced and it looked familiar, like it was Hades. We are like, is this something new? Is it more Hades? And then we found out with the the reveal of the logo that it's Hades 2 yep. uh, coming to PC and early access in 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume it's probably not going to be as long of an early access period as the first game was.
1: Uh, yeah, I doubt it. I mean, they're pretty much... Looks like they're still using the guts of the first Hades game, so they don't really have a whole lot they have.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of like testing of the 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 new stuff, weapons and whatnot that they're trying mm-hmm. out for this. because uh, yeah, it is a f- follow up to Hades where you are uh playing as uh what's her name here? Do they have it?
1: Melanoe, uh which is Zagreus' yeah. sister.
0: Yeah, you're trying to vanquish the the forces of the Titan of Time. Chronos, yeah, yeah, with the the full might of Olympus behind you, mm-hmm. uh, sort of following up. Uh, so yeah, you're you have the legendary weapons of night with ancient mm-hmm. magic. Uh, so yeah, you become stronger with each with powerful boons um, from more than a dozen Olympian gods, from Apollo to Zeus. So mm-hmm. a lot of the same ones, but they're, I think they are also new ones that they showed. Uh, and you have a lot of enemies to work through. Mm -hmm. New locations, challenges, new upgrade system, and other stuff. So, yeah, that looks like it's going to be more of what people liked from Hades Mm
2: -hmm.
0: uh, with new stuff in it. So yeah, that's going to be exciting to see. I really need to get back to that game and actually beat it, Uh, which isn't too hard. It's just perseverance. Yeah. Those runs can get to, like, 30, 40 minutes to an hour or so. So Mm -hmm. I tend to play, like, one or two runs and be like, All right, I'll come back later. Then take a break for a while. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah, there you go. That'll be
0: uh, out in early access sometime in 2023.
2: Mm. Yep, really excited for that one. That was an awesome trailer. Uh, Did any of you guys actually um, go through the whole thing, the first one? Brandon did.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. Nice. Yeah, I uh, did everything right up to getting all the gods for a feast in Haiti, which I'm pretty sure is like the canonical ending to that
2: game awesome yeah, yeah. I'm totally totally looking forward to this next one I don't know if I'll ever like you know get through it but they're fun. I'll give them that mm-hmm. yeah yeah and they do a good job
0: like building upon itself with each run uh, versus the way a lot of roguelites do where it's you're kind of just repeating the same stuff over and over again mm-hmm. uh, Hades they do a good job of having you know enough writing and lines and all that that they kind of build up on each other oh yeah uh, in a smart way, like you're fighting even just that first boss, uh, uh, the Harpy sisters, and mm-hmm. you just go through each one and they just are complaining about how you just kill their other sister. Yeah. Kind of thing. And you get to the, the,
1: the third one that is, uh, has no sense of reason to them. No, they just say the word murderer. And yeah. it's funny because over time you can actually them to say your name, which is, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the kind of fun stuff that is a unique touch for.
1: Also, it's a, it's sort of uh the 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 writing is like really smart. Like it it openly admits it's like yeah the uh old Greek gods were kind of assholes, and uh, a lot of the people that they had as their heroes were also kind of assholes as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, this next one. Uh, we've finally heard. About the first game out of Ghost Story Games, which is the studio that Ken Levine founded after they shut down the Bioshock studio. Yeah. Uh, He managed to convince 2K to let him uh, keep a handful of people Mm -hmm. uh, with him to work on something new, supposedly going to be something more narrative focused, but Mm -hmm. they never seem to get past, you know, pre production stuff. Yeah. For a game. So they finally seem to have gotten
1: uh, out of that and have announced. There was that. I think it was that Kotaku that came out, kind of lit a fire under their asses because it basically showed that uh was Kill- yeah. the best manager. Um, yeah. And frankly, just they had done like a bunch of work and not really much to show for it.
0: Yeah. Uh, luckily, 2K was fine with letting them kind of work in the background, even mm-hmm. if they never got to uh, anything concrete for the past almost 10 years at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they finally announced Judas, a narrative first-person shooter uh, that's yep. coming to the new consoles and PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, no date on that, but yeah, it looks pretty neat. Mm-hmm. well you can tell? Coming from somebody that worked on Bosch Shock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they very much had that kind of feel to it, but uh, at least felt uh more
1: modern in its look. Definitely. Also I love, really loved the version in the background. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so there you go. Judas, uh neat looking game. Uh then we got the the one Nintendo part of this uh showcase here. hmm As uh they announced uh, let's see here. Yeah, they announced Bayonetta Origins, Cereza, and the Lost Demon, which I guess is something that they... Uh, a story they hint at in Bayonetta 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think people that played that were very much like, oh yeah, this is the thing that's talked about in there, which makes sense for a game about a multiverse to maybe hint at story stuff they might do in another game.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and this looks like a bit of a change in uh, gameplay a little bit. Uh, a little. Like, instead of like a... Third person action game. It's looks a little more uh, overhead or like isometric kind of action adventure game mm-hmm. uh, with a different art style to it. As it's sort of a uh, a younger Bayonetta mm-hmm. who is like trying to find her way to becoming the witch she wants to be. Mm-hmm. And she also has a demon along her Shesser, uh, who is her first demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, possessing a stuffed toy that she has, so yeah, uh, that'll be out March seventeenth. Mm. Uh, so not too far away. So it's something they've been working on for a while as well. Uh, so yeah, this uh, yeah. Let's see. They say use the left joy con controller to move Cereza and bind enemies with her magic. With the mm-hmm. right joy con controller, move Sheshur to slash uh, and do that. So. Yeah, kind of splitting things up a little bit, but you're also solving puzzles and all this kind of stuff. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that looks neat. I'm going to guess it's probably not going to be a uh, full-price game.
1: Yeah. I'm
0: going to look up the Nintendo.com page for it, see if they have a pre-order for it yet. Mm. Uh, 3.5 gigs, so probably not too big. Oh, $60. Okay, it is a full-price game. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Have to keep an eye, right. eye on that. Uh, well, at least art wise, it looks pretty neat. Cell shaded and kinda has a storybook look to it. So mm-hmm. that could be neat. I uh, want to see. But yeah, there you go.
1: Mm.
0: Uh next up here, also coming out March 17th.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: Star Wars Jedi Survivor. We got a full reveal trailer showing gameplay and all that. Uh this is coming to Uh, Yeah, just the new consoles and PC. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it definitely looks like it's uh, benefits from that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The original game was fairly rough uh, around the edges, performance-wise and visual-wise. It definitely looked and played like a game that probably released like six months earlier than it should have. Yeah. Uh, But people still enjoyed it in spite of that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, And this looks like they've put all their work and their time into... Polishing this game up to look real nice, play real mm-hmm. nice. Uh, from the trailer, it looks and seems to run really well, mm-hmm. which it should if it's only on the new consoles. Yeah, uh, and also Cal has grown a goatee, mm-hmm. so he's got a shitty little beard there. Uh, which yeah, uh, is weirdly like being talked about as like a story point, mm. like why he has this beard. It's like I don't know because he didn't want to shave for a while. Mm -hmm. I guess. um, But yeah, it looks like it's going to do some fun stuff As he has like two lightsabers at a certain point. uh, All that kind of stuff. So they look like they're doing some fun stuff here. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to that. I think next week's show, I'm going to have a a big list of all the games coming out over the next early part of 2023. Mm -hmm. To show you how fucked we are. uh, Because nobody's letting up on us. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh next up here Earthblade, the newest game from uh extremely okay games uh the makers of celeste uh showed off Earthblade for the first time.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: we would only had the uh either like some teaser art or the name I forget what the which came first, but they basically showed not much uh, of the game mm-hmm. uh, but then they showed this trailer, which seems to show kind of uh a look at the world uh mm-hmm. art for it in like a Metroid like kind of sh- uh, showing you the the overworld mm-hmm. look. Uh and a little bit of gameplay in there as they mm-hmm. move around. It looks really nice. Uh mm-hmm. uh especially the logo work is really well done. Um and yeah, very much in their in their style they've done some really good work here. And uh, mm-hmm. uh it seems like they were hoping to get this out in twenty twenty three, but they Put a date of 2024 on the trailer, so mm-hmm. uh, seems like they're going to take their time with that, yeah. uh, which they hopefully should, because it's looking really nice uh, for that game. So yeah, there you go for that.
1: Mm.
0: And next up, Kojima got to do his thing. Yep, as Jeff Keeley's best friend and podcast host, mm-hmm. uh, he got to announce Death Stranding 2 working title for the PS5 yeah. uh, with Sony. So. Uh, yeah, they're doing more weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh looks like the baby has grown up a little bit. Yep. Uh, but also, there's a squid baby in one of those BB tanks. Yep. Uh, there's new people in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of those actors they've been showing, I think Dakota Fanning and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elle, or Elle Fanning, Shirley Kutsuna. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also Norman Reedus, who's older now. Because I guess that'll yeah. be. He probably got stuck in the the time rain. Yep. Uh so yeah, he's got some gray hair. Uh Lea Sado and Troy Baker are back. Uh so I had no date on this, just some gameplay, story trailer stuff. Mm-hmm. It's also weird. You see the baby back in like the the throat, but he's got the the black goo under his eyes. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh that shit's getting bad. Yep. When even that baby, the thumbs up baby, can't have a good time, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, shit's weird again. Oh yeah, and that's cool because especially because people got upset when uh, Kojima Productions announced that they were doing a game for Microsoft. Like, oh, they're not working with Sony anymore, and it's like,
1: shut up, yes, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, is it? I mean, Kojima Productions, even though like Sony. Helped them found it. It's an independent studio. So yeah. They can make games for whoever they want.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's what Kojima wants for the time being is to work on his own terms. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll get acquired. I think he's said that he's gotten ridiculous offers to be acquired and mm-hmm. he's turned them down.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's already gone on record saying that he's already made the money he needs. Or once, and uh, yeah, he just wants to do what he wants to do, and it's making strange games. So why not?
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up here, another Sony announcement. Uh, mm-hmm. I think been rumored for a bit uh, that there was going to be DLC for Horizon Forbidden West, and that mm-hmm. finally got shown. Burning Shores, uh, mm-hmm. only for the PS5. They're not doing DLC for the PS4, uh, but uh, it takes place around LA. Mm. In a increasingly weird map where the map is not big enough to realistically represent how far these different areas are from each other, but mm-hmm. story-wise, they somehow make sense. Because uh, San Francisco is pretty far from L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would not take probably as long as it takes in the game, but yeah. There you go. Uh, that'll be out April 19th, so pretty early
2: uh, yeah. for that, so... There you go. Even though the isn't that far, I mean, Aloya has these robotic flying things, so shouldn't take long at all.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: And somehow the Hollywood sign has survived all yeah. this chaos on Earth. Uh, that's one thing that survived, but uh, no surprise they destroy it in the trailer, so mm-hmm. it doesn't last for long. I don't know if they announced a price for this. I'm not 100% sure if they have. Uh, let's see. Not seen a price just yet. Mm-hmm. so I don't know. i'll have to keep an eye out on that i imagine it will probably like 20 bucks
1: mm-hmm.
0: something like that but yeah you get more area to explore new bad guys stuff uh all that they seem to show a big giant i don't even know what to describe this thing as mm-hmm. uh it's almost like a hermit crab but a giant mm-hmm. with uh, a bunch of different legs so who knows it might be a spider thing i don't know i don't know but yeah New big thing. Uh, Next up here, like I mentioned earlier, Amazon's doing stuff. Mm -hmm. And they are working on a game with Bandai Namco called Blue Protocol. That Mm. is an anime-ass game. Oh,
1: yes.
0: Amazon is publishing this. Uh, Bandai Namco Online and Bandai Namco Studios are working on it. Mm. It's a free-to-play online multiplayer action RPG Mm -hmm. that I'm pretty sure is supposed to be like Genshin Impact. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what they're doing here.
1: Oh, yeah, it is just eaten up with the Genshin Impact envy. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's uh just new consoles and PC. Uh, supposed to be launching second half of 2023. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be like early access launch or whatever, but it's supposed to be doing a closed beta test sometime in the first half of 2023. Uh, yeah, everything about this trailer and the information they put out. Very much says we want some of that Genshin Impact money.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe less toxic. We'll know. Who knows? But all the characters are anime as hell. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, yeah, that's uh, more of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, we got an update on that 505 game that got hinted at before the Game Awards. Yeah. There's a game called Crime Boss Rake City. Mm-hmm. And it features younger versions of many popular. Mm -hmm. Actors from the 80s and 90s and 2000s,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, including, let's see here, Michael Rooker, Kim Basinger, Danny Glover, Damon Poitier, Michael Madsen is the main character, uh, Danny Trejo and Vanilla Ice are rival gang bosses, Mm -hmm. and the sheriff is Chuck Norris. Mm -hmm. All in their younger forms, because Michael Madsen does not look like this anymore, Mm
2: -hmm. as you
0: saw at the show. He definitely has aged a lot. He looks like a man in his late 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, these are all like younger versions of themselves. Uh, so yeah, they're going for that. And I think it's supposed to be like maybe a uh PVE like heist kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if it'd be free to play or whatever, but it's launching first on PC mm-hmm. on March 28th. Uh then uh PS5 and Xbox Series X and S later. Mm-hmm. In the year, or so yeah, there you go, mm-hmm. something to check out, I guess if you're into those kind of games, so there's that uh let's see mm-hmm. we got our first look at the the big expansion for cyberpunk twenty seventy seven mm-hmm. uh, where they revealed uh the new big Hollywood person in the game is Idris Elba I mm-hmm. was uh, playing a character named Solomon Reed. Uh, So there you go. He is an FIA agent for the new United States of America. Uh, So yeah, that'll be out sometime next year Mm -hmm. uh, for the new consoles and PC. So yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. Then the big hitter hit from software announced their next game. Mm -hmm. Armored core six fires of Rubicon
2: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, for PlayStation, Xbox and PC do out sometime. Next year, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's really ballsy to make this a you know Armored Core six instead of like some sort of soft reboot, because there's probably like less than one percent of the mm-hmm. from software audience that has played any of those previous Armored Core games, mm-hmm. especially considering how stretched out they are from the PS one up to the PS three and Xbox three hundred and sixty, and I think they had pretty much different publishers almost every single game. Mm -hmm. Uh, for that. I think Sony was the first one, and then it moved to a bunch of others, and I think Bana Namco was the publisher of the fifth game, or whatever the last one was. Mm -hmm. And they're the publisher of this one, since they're continuing their partnership from the Dark Souls and Elden Ring stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it seems like you'll be able to pilot your mechs with 3D maneuverability and all that kind of stuff. I think he's... I think uh, uh, the creative director Miyazaki has talked about this game a little bit and very much seems to be like we're not going to make this a Souls game but we're definitely going to take lessons from that stuff Uh, but this is more about making uh, a cool mecha game
2: Uh, so yeah hopefully that works out yeah Miyazaki is pretty much a a household name in the gaming industry now and Armored Core has always been niche so you hope like this is the one that works out in the west Mm yeah yeah
0: yeah, we will have to see. Because uh, that is a that is a genre of games that has never really broken out. Mm-hmm. I struggle to think of anything that's really done all that well that isn't still fairly niche. Like maybe Battletech was pretty good on the the PC, but I don't think I ever got console releases for that stuff. And that's just a, a turn-based game, much like the... Uh, oh, I'm forgetting... Uh, uh, what the front mission releases on the switch. Mm-hmm. It's like still fairly limited in appeal on that stuff. So a big 3d action mech shooter game. Mm-hmm. That could be pretty cool. Let's we'll see how it pans out here, but at least with current from software, this is probably going to be uh, at least a pretty solid game. Uh, we'll see how they can uh, turn this into a big game for uh, mm-hmm. people to check out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's going to get anywhere close to what Elden Ring has done. Mm-hmm. So at least built off of the, the fervor over the Souls games for the previous you know, 10, 12 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's supposed to be out sometime 2023. So that just doesn't seem like it's too far off. Nope. As they've been working on that while they were working on Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing we got is Final Fantasy 16. Got a big trailer and a date of June 22nd mm-hmm. uh, for that. So announced all their versions. So there's, you know, the regular standard edition. There's a deluxe edition with some extra mm-hmm. DLC and a steelbook case and a cloth map for the physical version. There's a collector's edition that has mm-hmm. some more shit in it. Yeah, big... Uh, Let's see. Yeah, big premium statue, Phoenix versus Ifrit. It uh, doesn't say how big it is, I don't know. Uh, but it looks pretty big. And some extra shit in there. I don't know what the price is for that. But, yeah, they got pre-order bonuses, some extra weapons and accessories and such. So, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. That'll be out in June. Uh, the same month as Street Fighter 6 and Diablo 4. So it doesn't seem like any of these first six months of the 2023 are going to be easy to get through without spending too much money Mm -hmm. as uh, everybody just lined up and puts uh, as much as they can into each month. Uh, So yeah, for next week's show, I think we're going to talk a lot about the release schedule for 2023 early on at least. Yeah. Because this game awards was a big showcase of how everything is falling into place. Uh huh. a lot of it's like who is going to move because there's way too much here mm-hmm. uh, a lot of stuff in January February and March and started seeing some April stuff I'm trying to see if I can yeah the Forbidden West DLC is April Uh Meet Your Maker is April May got a couple of things June got three big games uh, so yeah that's going to be tough to get through that if you're Anyway, interested in a variety of games. So mm. we'll have to see. But yeah, that's going to do it for the show this week. Thank you to Brandon and Dan Reb for joining. Always. Uh, we'll sure. be back next week with a new slate of news. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you enjoy the show, feel free to let friends and family know, they should check it out as well as select strangers uh, with some holiday greetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, be nice to each other. So yeah, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you have a good week ahead and we'll see you all next time.